I done got that old Marion Rona. I'm dying, boy. I'm dying. Oh, wait, I'm back. Fuck you. Welcome to Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and we have one question. You want to get nuts? Today, we're going to get nuts as we explore the Batman 89 deleted scenes. Full dive into storyboards, behind-the-scene photos, you name it. This is Ben, the man who knows too much about Batman 1989, wearing my yellow oval Batman cap. And uh, with me, as usual, are my co-hosts. Man, you know, we had the... uh... You know, the the wizard, the bat, and the artist last week. I can't do two weeks in a row. It's <laughs> Balshanks the third this week. The, the bat and Balshanks the third. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got the artist again, I guess. Yep, I'm here. And you know what? You can't talk about a Wonder Brothers podcast episode without your Wonder Brothers ball cap. Did you Very hear that, true. Andrew? You need a necktie, too. You know... I wish I had the fucking cap. I'm feeling really out of it right now. I don't even own any caps, really. We can't talk about I'm not a, about it. I don't know. This is... Cancel the episode. I'm going to get the cap before I get Jokula in the store. That's probably what's going to happen. I actually... I can see that happening. Uh, I think for now, we should just Photoshop a ball cap like floating over your head. Can some fan draw me with a, with a hat or something? <laughs> Yeah, I'm oh. feeling out of it now. Look at if you guys see the visuals. Would you look at this fucking lineup? I'm fucking. I'm. Oh my god, dude. Yep. You guys are killing it over here. Yep. Yep. Rob's Rob, here, course. everybody. Yes, Rob. Of course, uh, beat us to it. He's been the one who's been repping this since the yes. beginning. So. Hello, hello, hello. Rob I hope you're back. all well. Yep. We are. Thank we you, are. Rob. <laughs> In spite of the... I, I, I feel like we had a secret meeting to, to get this hats thing all together. Yeah, uh, if you were wearing glasses and bearded, it'd be an awkward cosplay version of me. Uh, no. like, I'm, just, I'm just really glad we didn't go down that road, because that yes, would have just exactly. been far too flattering I for my ego. Needed, yeah, I would, I would have needed uh, a fake beard at that point. Yeah. I'm getting weird at this point. I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say I, it would have taken me weeks to get the beard. I was like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. years, years, <laughs> years. <laughs> so, uh, last time we went over the concept art of the movie. This time we're going over storyboards, photos of deleted scenes. So these are scenes that were cut before production, ones that were written in the script but storyboarded out, and ones that were actually filmed but cut later. So. Uh, let's just jump right into it. First off, let's take a look at this thumbnail that shows us a bit of a preview of what we're about to see on here. We got a look at uh, Vicky Vale looking at a couple mini Batman and a Joker statue. So what the hell is that about? Let's take a look and see. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I am, <laughs> I'm 100% learning with the audience. <laughs> tell you that much right now. So at one point in the movie, there's a clone <laughs> and shrink ray on Batman. Oh, uses. <laughs> you know, I believe it. The biggie wonders this which point. one she should take home. Anyway. After, after all we've been through, I believe it. <laughs> all right. First off, we're looking at a storyboard of the opening where the tourist family is about to get mugged. We got one woman twerking here at the fucking bottom here. That is, that is hey. the prostitute trying to proposition the kid in the movie. So. Wow. I, I like those movement lines. Yeah, there's good movement lines right up against her ass. For those who can't see the visuals. That's a bat echolocation. <laughs> That's how Batman knows to come down later. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred, I sent an ass over here. <laughs> 
Alfred, I'm getting very close to being politically incorrect. <laughs> Stop me. Tinglings in the utility belt. Anyways. <laughs> Peter Parker shows up. That's my line. <laughs> I'll kill you, dead kid. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, afterwards in the movie, the family gets mugged and Batman ends up confronting the muggers. It's an iconic scene where Michael Keaton says, I'm Batman. But that wasn't mm. always the case. As presented in the Batman 1989 comic adaptation, this is an alternate version of the opening of the I'm Batman scene where he does not actually say I'm Batman. He says something different. Uh, Zach, can you read it? In terms of the... You want me to read it in Michael dialogue? Keaton's voice? You could, <clears> yes. <throat> who, want, who wants to be the thug? Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. You got it. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. You're trespassing, Red Breath. Trespassing? You don't own the night. Tell your friends. Tell all your friends. I am the night. Now, this feels like a precursor to the Kevin Conroy, I am the night, in the animated Mm. series, along with the episode that was literally called I am the night. However, I can see why it was changed, because... What criminal says you don't own the night? Mm. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> that's it's a, a little, that's a little contrived. <laughs> really trying to get maybe, Batman to say I am the night. Maybe you don't own this rooftop or something like that. <laughs> I am the rooftop. I mean, wait. <laughs> let's be completely honest. In realistic terms, if this was done in real life, you'd be saying, "What the fuck are you?" Like you wouldn't be yeah. saying yeah. any oh, of yeah. this stuff. But like, yeah. who are you, was. man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, "What are you?" In the in the movie, which mm-hmm. and then you get the. Mm-hmm. which is yeah. so epic yeah so epic yeah so i think they went the right way with Absolutely. what yeah. we got yeah the, in the original sam ham script it was just uh batman grabbing the mugger and telling him to do him a favor and he's like tell your friends tell mm-hmm. all your friends and then he mm-hmm. just shoves him away and i think they felt like they needed a better like button to that a button in terms of like sometimes they call it that in, in, in dialogue where they're like something that like a great line that ends the scene that feels mm-hmm. like it's the end of the scene that type mm-hmm. of thing and so i think in the rewrites, they were trying to come up with it, and that's where this is in the Warren Skarin draft when he did rewrites on the Sam Ham draft, where he added the "I am the Knight" or whoever might have been in between Ham and, and Skarin. But uh, there's another alternative version that was brought up, not in the scripts I found, but in of all sources, the Death of Superman Lives documentary. So hmm. on that, producer John Peters is on there, the man most famously known as the guy who requested the giant spider. <laughs> in the Kevin Smith draft for Super Honestly, Pete. he's my favorite now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just... He loves a spider. He <laughs> loves a spider. Should have worked on a Spider-Man movie, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got the wrong <laughs> hero. Um, How the Peter's... fuck do you get that far not being able to read three sentences in a row? Like, I don't know. It just seems like... <laughs> for those who don't know... It's funny, man. <laughs> Peters is notorious due to Kevin Smith's story that not only did he request a giant spider in the Superman Lives script... But also, when Kevin Smith was pitching him or telling him about the script, Peters would bring up his hands out as <laughs> if in like both hands shaped in like an L, as if he's watching the screen because he couldn't read. Uh, <clears throat> and that's not to make he fun can't of he can people, read but, he but chooses he, not to he chooses not to read and he didn't want to read it so he's like I want to see the movie and he just stood there with apparently just sat there with his hands out splayed out like this as Kevin Smith was talking to him about it and then he's like okay so. Uh, Kal-El is, is born, and, and then Peter's like, hold on a second, hold on. Who the fuck is Kal-El? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will say this, and this is probably the one good thing. I mean, apart from last week, we said that he saved the Batmobile, and rightly mm. so. Rightly so. Yeah, that is um, true. That's true. But he does have magnificent hair. 
I mean, yes, he was yes. a hairdresser. <laughs> he was a hairdresser. Yeah, exactly. That's true, yeah. yeah. But he had, yeah. even now, he probably mm-hmm. has magnificent hair. So That's true. That, that doesn't true. mean he should be a creative uh, by <laughs> any means. Like, it, like just because you're not really great hair, yeah. Put him in charge. Exactly. <laughs> so. He just wants a script read to him. This is how he got to the top of Hollywood, guys. <laughs> in, so in the Death of Superman Lives documentary, uh, John Peters claims the original line was not, I'm Batman, but I'm Batman, motherfucker. <laughs> the studio apparently made him cut the motherfucker. The one cut, the one fuck in the PG-13. Yeah, I I find this really unlikely that this was mm. what really was approved to go in because it doesn't fit the tone of the rest of the movie. I can't yeah. really see Tim Burton or Sam Hamm writing that in. At most, I see Michael Keaton just fucking around on set for a take and just saying, like, I'm Batman, motherfucker, in, like, one <laughs> take and people cracking up. And that's mm-hmm. it. And then John Peters is like, that's great. And they're like, no, 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 he's just joking. John, please. So, Why are you laughing? That was badass. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised so. if Frank Miller was on the set thinking that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try goddamn ba- Oh no, 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 no. Too subtle, John, too subtle. Peters is like, who the fuck is Frank Miller? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Bob so, Kane? I don't, uh, I don't know who he is, but I like him. <laughs> I like the cut of your jib, Peter uh, Miller. So that is the alternative version, but I think what we got ended up cementing itself in cinema history. I would not mm-hmm. have changed a single line on that. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's perfect. One. A lot of what we're going to look at are storyboards done by storyboard artist Mike White, like this one, and a lot of the images come from 1989Batman.com, as as well as a bunch of like prop auction sites that have these storyboards. The only issue was that they didn't necessarily identify which scenes they were from. So a lot of mm. what uh, Dan and I had to do this week was do a bit of detective work and try to figure out, okay, what could this actually be, and try to put it in some sort of order for it. So. This one, I think, is pretty easy to tell what it is because it it's, mm-hmm. literally says it's Jack Napier on it uh, in Access Chemicals. So he's hiding behind a panel. Um, he, I don't know about you guys, but to me, this looks... Uh, let me know what you think, Rob, but this looks very Sean Connery and Dr. No. I me. was just about to say, he, it looks like he's got <laughs> Wolf of PPK. Yeah, exactly. The silencer, the silencer, yeah. Yeah, silencer yeah, type right. thing. He very, they, I think they were just like, eh, let's not draw Jack. Let's just draw James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Probably at that point they. Uh, I love, by the way, the fact that they got pine wood on the side there. I love that oh, yeah, little yeah. bit of detail. Oh, right yeah. there. That's really yeah, authentic. It's, it's on there, almost all the storyboards. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, <clears throat> I think by this point they must have not had any signings yet or anything confirmed in terms of Jack, which is probably why they've gone for quite a neutral face here. Yeah, uh, potentially, or it's just you know they are storyboards, so they don't necessarily have mm. to have the likeness down. Like mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's interesting. Because uh, yeah. I mean, no, it's only because I mean, um, I fun enough did have um, just in case um, the cut topic ever came up. But I do have my storyboards from Crime Alley, mm-hmm. and um, I actually draw to the likeness of the actors just because oh, it shit. helps for well, the everyone is for the rest Rob. of the crew. <laughs> no, I know, right, right. Uh, Why can't uh, they be? Uh, I mean, because as much as everyone loves the whole stick men drawing things and this that, and that, because they do work to their mm-hmm. advantage and everything and if you've ever seen the taxi driver storyboards in particular they are actually pretty pretty good for what they they need to do and achieve nice. and mm-hmm. everything um but for me like these kind of storyboards i think uh are, are craft within themselves for yeah. sure oh mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah and um i just think it goes the extra mile to kind of really 
pre-visualize the film in every step of the way and i i always say and i think even spielberg would say that i think jaws as a film as well is saved by storyboarding i don't know if you've seen the original storyboards for those but and Mm -hmm. it's the same with Mm -hmm. this as well because i'm sure we'll go into depth with all of these storyboards that we're going to see now but like the storyboarding for this film in particular is really solid like Mm -hmm. pretty much everything we see apart from this one in particular I i should say that what we see on the screen is um, very much what was pre-visualized, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of these are really interesting to look at in terms of what, how much of a movie was mapped out and then how much mm. was mapped out before they're like, you know what, let's rewrite this entire sequence mm. on this type <laughs> of stuff, So, which is what we're going to see on Sweet. it. But yeah, as a heads up, pretty much none of the storyboards I found have any likeness to the actors uh, involved. So <laughs> Could have been way before yeah. they were even cast. You know, they got a mm. lock on the mm-hmm. script and then... Then they're mm-hmm. casting while they're doing storyboards, you know? I mean, yeah, you don't need a likeness for a storyboard. It's just about the move, the camera angle, the movement, mm-hmm. general, mm-hmm. all general vibe. But yeah, you know, I mean, maybe you want to go cast, the extra mile like Rob Ayling on his movie, though. <laughs> then you do it by based off the likeness. <laughs> it just helps. I think, personally, for me, it just, yeah. uh, for me and the crew members, it does help them much more <laughs> in terms of the, I mean, look, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you one example because, I mean, you'll also see the comparisons of <clears throat> the sure, 89 movie here as well. Yep, so, we um, there you go. So, you'll see comparisons oh, nice. straight away of the Batman 89 oh, film nice. being an influence right mm-hmm. now. I like yeah, yeah, that shot in particular. That's yeah, cool, I mean, man. With the cape. Yeah. Yeah. For the listeners, and... it's it's the Batman with the cape out, uh, just like oh, yes. in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Uh, and then um, also, I should mention this is all done through pen, biro pen, because that was just how I was trained mm-hmm. uh, as an artist. Nice. That's uh, cool. I the got day. the classic lapel yeah. grabbing by the lapel image. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, just one more, which I think is probably the most striking scene from the film. Spoiler alert, by the way, if anyone hasn't seen it. But um, <laughs> at uh, this point, film. they should have. Yeah. You've been. Yeah. This is your third yeah. episode of us. Yeah. But yeah, that, that. But all of it is pretty much again stripped right. From, um, pretty much from the um, '89 movie, and uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of returns in there as well in terms of the, the framing and how we mm-hmm. did our Batman. But mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll either agree or disagree. That does look like Vincent Jerome. <laughs> but that yeah. was because he was the first person to be cast in the film. So again, mm-hmm. I was really cautious that when people do look at the storyboards, they don't look at, and also, and I, and I have to be really cautious when I say this as well, from an um, ethnicity point of view as well, it's also important to show that as well, because sure. how we light skin tones as well, um, and how we display mm. that on screen as well. Mm. So for me, I'm not going to just draw some random person if it's not going to mm-hmm. be that person because I feel like they mm-hmm. would be insulted if they saw that as well. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? When you t- mm-hmm. That's just, mm-hmm. again, that's just my process of things. I, I, I like mm-hmm. to make sure that what what's in my head is eventually seen on screen or, you know, the DP has seen it and they go, okay, that is exactly what's being seen on screen. And mm-hmm. I don't want to insult an actor by them looking at it and go, oh, so you imagined a white person in this role, did you? And it's like, no, 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 not by any means whatsoever. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. and that's happened in the past. That's why I say that, it's speaking mm-hmm. from experience. So I don't think by any means anyone in the crew for the Batman 89 movie thought of this at any point. No, no. But, <laughs> but for me as a, as a creative, as a director, mm-hmm. I just feel like it is important to kind of get that kind of, um, the, the visuals out as clear as possible on mm-hmm. the page and if that means having the right actors in mind already that's why i always storyboard later rather than earlier for, i and plus it's uh-huh. uh, the the one which is probably the most f- therapeutic process of filmmaking for me is the actual 
you know getting the visuals onto page because i think mm-hmm. that's when you f- first see the movie and that's mm-hmm. why i love that's why i'm really enjoying this discussion already just seeing what was initially an idea and then fully fulfilled in um mm-hmm. in the film and again kudos to the cinematography team because i as i remember they didn't have a lot of time to film this and get the style or the lighting to what tim burton wanted and to get mm-hmm. it in under the couple of weeks that they had for prepping yeah. it's astonishing <clears throat> it's really astonishing yeah for that amount of time it's amazing mm. that they did so uh yeah as i said some of these are going to be very close to what we ended up seeing as you know mm-hmm. as you hinted at rob and some of this stuff is going to be very different as we'll see because of you mm. know script changes and stuff there were you know there was a writer's strike in the middle of the development of this script in between Oh Sam Ham's God. first draft and mm. the draft that finally got there. There were a lot of studio <clears throat> notes um, and some sequences that we know and love from it were actually pretty much rewritten on set. They were not in the original script. Right. So we'll go into it from there. But obviously the oh, access, yeah, the uh, you want to get nuts. You want to get nuts right? scene is not yeah, in any version <laughs> of the script. <laughs> <laughs> they rewrote it that day, right? <laughs> I feel oh. like most of that is just Keaton. Just, they're just like, you know what? Try something. So. Something in the back of my head, even as a kid watching on VHS, like it's a cool scene. Yeah. But something about that scene always kind of stood out to me too. Like you saying it was written that day, Pretty kind much, of yeah. like solidified, like you know, it vindicated those feelings from yeah. earlier on. Like yeah. Something was something yeah. was off about it, but it's it still fits, but it's still off. Yeah. Yeah. You. you if you were just like, hey, like one of the big sequences was improvised by the actor or mm. rewritten on set that day, that would be the first mm-hmm. scene that you point out to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I'm just like, this is interesting. It's very much like Keaton standing out as Bruce Wayne in that mm. in the movie. Like everything else, he stands out as Batman in, in the suit. Mm-hmm. That's the one where I'm just like, that was an interesting take in terms of what Bruce Wayne would do when you catch him without the bat suit mm. and he's still got to do something to protect Vicky. Mm-hmm. So... That type of stuff. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I don't have storyboards if you want to get nuts because I don't know if they storyboard. They didn't have it. They didn't have that. <laughs> we'll storyboard it. That. We'll storyboard it. We'll, we'll, we'll match it. it. We'll Rob, match get on it. it. And, yeah, we'll match it everything. And yeah, there's an amazing <laughs> meme of that moment. Uh, I remember someone posted ages ago saying um, that scene uh, wasn't originally in the movie. It was just someone uh, filming a documentary during <laughs> Michael Keaton's lunch break. Uh, <laughs> and they just put it in the movie. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Keaton just threatens Jack Nicholson in his spare time on set. <laughs> so what we're looking at here are very, uh, very bare bone sketches of what looks like somebody running on a platform, somebody holding against a railing while shooting down. Um, I was not sure really where these were supposed to be, but I figured <clears throat> this is likely access chemicals given the railing. Uh, given that there's a chase moment to that, there's not really any other setting of the action sequences in the movie that would lend mm-hmm. themselves to that. So that was kind of my best bet uh, on these. Again, very bare bones uh, on this. This next one is what looks like Batman and someone else holding on a railing. On what looks like it could be a bridge or some sort of thing, some sort of ledge on it. Uh, again, this is likely access chemicals given the whole railing situation, but <clears throat> kind of hard to tell because it hasn't been completely mapped out yet. So mm-hmm. uh, there's that. But <clears throat> what we know for sure is that there was an alternate escape for Batman from Axis Chemicals. In the movie, after Jack Napier falls into the vat, Batman sees the cops coming for him, does a bunch of the bat turns for his whole body, <laughs> and then immediately <laughs> throws the smoke pellet down and makes his escape. But it looks like in the original 
scripts as well as something that was filmed batman actually held up his hands in surrender mm -hmm. pretending to surrender and then tossed the smoke pellet uh this is a photo of michael keaton's batman holding up his hands with the smoke pellet sort of hidden in one of his gloves uh and as well as an image of the comic adaptation that seems to show that so i believe this was filmed and for whatever reason they're just like nah let's just keep it simple and he just throws the smoke pellet down and just escapes before they even get to him so uh, that's what we got here, as illustrated by the great Jerry Ordway. Now, cool. after this, our research assistant, Dan, pulled up a trading card that was very interesting, and it has Joker and Grissom talking face-to-face, -face, which didn't happen in the movie. I have a feeling, personally, that it's just Jack Nicholson and Jack Palance talking behind the scenes, mm -hmm. and they just use it for the trading card, because, yeah. you know, the actual scene, if it's an actual scene, then, like, maybe they really experimented with a completely different blocking because you've got Joker and Grissom standing like right in front of the, uh, you know, Grissom's desk sort of face to face on that, which, you know, he wasn't anywhere close to doing that in the movie. But <clears throat> it also seems like it's a trading card image. So they want something that would capture what was going on in the scene. And the scene mm -hmm. itself of the movie is very dark. It's very darkly lit. It cuts between Grissom and Jack. So it's just like, okay, well, we could try to do some image of Grissom being threatened by a shadowy figure, or we could just do this picture of them behind the scenes. It feels to me like they just picked something that was that would just fit a trading card better. So yeah, especially because he's not wearing the uh, black trench coat. I'm sure that it's too. just like yeah. a kind of like out, you know, behind the scenes, like them talking about everything. Because yeah. I've seen another scene like this too, where he has a uh, he has his gloves off, and you can see like he's just Jack Nicholson's hands are just kind of like normal colored. It always struck me as really odd, but uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is something I always noticed too. Uh, you don't get a very good um, look at it, but his suit and everything I feel like has dyed through the jacket. So if you see like his black jacket, whenever he comes and talks to Grissom, I've mm -hmm. seen some like uh, Polaroids from. Bob Ringwood. Uh, uh, I don't yeah. know if you saw him, Ben. Yeah, yeah. All the behind-the-scenes stuff. <clears throat> so it was like Polaroids of Jet Nicholson in costume, and to see that jacket uh, after he comes out of the chemicals, yeah, I actually saw like there was big splotches of like purple on it and stuff. Mm. So I always thought that was interesting that it made his jacket purple, like it was supposed to be a kind of a nod as to like his continuing uh, fashion now that he's the Joker. Definitely, yeah. the inspiration. Mm-hmm. The lighting on this also gives it sort of more of a pinkish Cesar Romero looking jacket on here, even though we know that's not really what he yeah. wore. On well, the, it, but... yeah, the suit, I thought of the suit that he went to Axis Chemicals <clears throat> in, it was kind of a lavender color. If you see him whenever mm. he's like, has playing with the playing cards before he leaves. Yeah, yeah. It's like not quite the same, like Joker purple, but it's got enough of one that you right. can see how it could like lighten itself into the Joker. And his shirt's jacket. yellow now too, which I mm -hmm. think is interesting. It's all like the chemicals kind of turned into the <laughs> colors he's going to wear later. Mm -hmm. It's like convenient, yes. The vibe's too candid here. This is just a behind yeah. the scenes <clears throat> shot. I think yeah. the way that their expressions to each other, they're just shooting the shit in between yeah. shots or something here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also don't think, yeah, there's no way Grissom would let Joker that close. Tour. That's I was just yeah. going to say that it's going to say it feels yeah. really out of character because it it works <laughs> it works later on when Keaton sorry uh, Keaton when uh, Bruce Wayne goes up to Joker because he guy. knows he can handle him he feels mm -hmm. like he knows he can handle him but yeah this guy is about to pull a gun on him so why would he suddenly go that close to him when he knows the gun's close to the table do you know what I mean when he's about to get the whiskey uh yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's true because Jack probably knows about that gun too. 
Well, he says, don't bother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just... That, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so this is likely behind the scenes thing. So mm. unless someone else has more evidence of it, that's what I'm going to say it is. But I thought I might as well include it because otherwise people would be like, what about this image? Mm. Yeah. Uh, something <laughs> similar to that is one that I got off of one of my own cards, which is this image of Batman and Vicky on top of a platform of some kind. It seems like this is just basically behind the scenes from the museum rescue. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really fit into the script. However, I don't really know what the context would be that would require them to be on top of that. Like, maybe mm -hmm. this was like before he rescues her and they go down like the big ass line that takes her to the door. But I don't see how they why they would have needed sort of that floating platform type of thing for mm -hmm. that. So I'm not really sure what this was meant to be. But it is interesting to take a look and at another behind the scenes photo for this, but this is definitely the, uh, the Flugelheim museum sequence given that Vicky's wearing, you know, the blue outfit. Mm -hmm. So we've got that. And then afterwards we got a story, we got a few storyboards here. So we got the Batmobile. <laughs> so they definitely got the likeness of the Batmobile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. This, the Julie <laughs> Taldo take. So it's roaring down the street. And then we also have basically storyboards of the construction crew that causes the Batmobile to halt on this. I figured this was where that belonged because of the fact that we found this random storyboard of construction stuff and it looks like it, it describes like a roller coaster like, you know, <clears throat> camera zoom towards it. Um, a gap, quote unquote, a gap, which is clearly too small. I'm guessing too small for the Batmobile to go around. And it says all the time there's the deafening sound of brakes. So I have a feeling this is <laughs> the perspective of the Batmobile trying to get around it, finds itself caught by the construction mm -hmm. crew and then Batman and Vicky are forced to take the chase on foot. So that takes us building the bat store, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. For yes. Batman returns. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm just preparing. It's an Easter egg. Put a pinball machine in there. <laughs> Put Robin, even though he doesn't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to take a look at another deleted scene here where Batman and Vicky were forced to take the chase on foot after having to stop the Batmobile. And at one point, the Joker's thugs shoot at them. And Batman sees a homeless girl. He rescues her, brings her to safety, and the girl looks at his Batman costume and asks, Is it now, Halloween? Now, when you say, some say homeless, others say ragamuffin, Ben. A ragamuffin little girl. <laughs> it's a, he sees a ragamuffin little girl play walking her doll around the corner, it says in the script. <laughs> for, this is weird, man. Like, you know, when you, like, when you don't hear a word for a long time and then, then you start hearing it over and over and over? This is, mm -hmm. ragamuffin has been that way for me this, this in the past girl. few weeks. Like, <laughs> What the fuck, dude? Anyway. Wait, you've heard Ragamuffin, Ragamuffin again Ragamuffin. the last few weeks? I, I've, I've been hearing, strangely enough, I've been hearing Ragamuffin in, in my it's life. In yeah. It's in the air. I don't know what <laughs> it is. Was to prepare show, you for this moment. Showing up again. Yeah. <laughs> it's all led to this. Yes. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it does not even call her Ragamuffin Girl when she has dialogue. It just says Little Girl, so that's disappointing. But uh, yeah, she, she sees him and she's like, is it Halloween? And then Batman, it says, smiles at her before running off with Vicky. Um, this scene was actually shot. And here's a photo mm -hmm. of Batman with a little girl uh, on it, as well as another shot I'm pulling up here that's on the trading card. Of course, the trading card's called, is it Halloween? Uh, with Batman looking around, probably looking to see where the Joker's thugs went so that they can make sure that they're safe. So, uh, you know. You can see interview it on that girl's. You can see it on YouTube as well. We will probably yeah. be watching the scenes that we, you know, have footage of over on our ten dollar Patreon this month. Mm -hmm. Batman oh, scenes. So yeah. we're gonna save it for those instead. So, Good. Yes. Pay <laughs> to see it. You gotta pay to see us watch it. 
<laughs> oh man well when you put it that way <laughs> we are gonna react andrew too yes. it's not just silent i i, I go i get it i get yes, it artist yes. bro yes and you can also <laughs> join us you can join us for that that's what that's for yeah you can jo- you pay to join us i mean it's still anyway yes please join us at the ten dollar tier <laughs> anyways uh, <laughs> next is the big alley fight between batman and the joker's thugs and as we know from the movie it originally ends with batman facing off against the swordsman thug and he pretty much kicks that guy and that's the end of it impressive impressive work there but it originally <laughs> did not end that way originally it was batman versus bob the goon so oh yeah that's we what got, i want yeah we got batman versus bob who's got his machete out for those who had the Bob the Goon action figure growing up, mm-hmm. this would have been a dream come true oh, because yeah. you'd actually get to see like the movie <laughs> version of what you've been playing with uh, on this. <laughs> and I believe, unlike the movie where I think it's clearly either Dave Leah or another stunt double in the bat suit encountering mm-hmm. the swordsman, that's definitely not Keaton. I believe this is actually Keaton uh, in this because there's another video that we'll see in the Patreon with Bob Kane on set while he's watching this exact scene. And it mm-hmm. looks very much like it's Keaton in the suit. And <clears throat> you can kind of tell it's him too because his movements are feel just very choreographed as opposed to um, the more sort of fluid movements that you would get from Dave Leah because, you know, Dave's got the big, you know, he's a stuntman. He's got all that background mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and stuff. So we have a couple images of Batman sort of going back as Bob is lunging at him with machete uh, more images here. Looks like Batman's blocking it with a gauntlet. It probably would have shown the same idea that we get in the movie where the sort of the forearm gauntlets that we see with the, you know, the fins on them are actually used to help block a lot of blades. And that was kind of mm-hmm. one of the first times we saw that, especially in live action. And of course, I imagine that was inspirational for Batman Begins when it's just literally shown doing that to Ra's al Ghul's, mm-hmm. Ra's al Ghul's sword to that, so... We got this, and it was also on the trading card. On the trading card called oh, Slashing awesome. Assault. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, clearly, you know, Batman does... Actually, I'm not really sure how this fight is to end, because Bob does have to kind of get away in order to be a part of, you know, the Joker's gang for the rest of the movie, unless Batman just knocks him out and then just leaves. Vicky, that's probably what happened, honestly. Um, but that's kind of what we got here. Maybe that's why they didn't have it. I don't know. I'm not really sure why they didn't have it. Maybe they didn't think the fight was as impressive enough, so they got the swordsman dude, but whatever the case, this is a deleted fight. <laughs> I will say it it would have been quite underwhelming because clearly he's no match. <laughs> Let's be honest. He's yeah. no match. And yeah. To be fair, it is... Uh, again, you question it all the time where yeah. you're just like, well, where the hell did he... Um, we know where he came from. Like, he came over the fence. But <laughs> the point is, it's like... Where where have you been all this time? Why weren't you at the museum? Why weren't you anywhere else? Why have you suddenly turned up and yeah, it's what I love about that scene though, which I think yeah. is really clever on I don't know whose idea it was, it was probably the DP's or even Tim Burton's mm. idea, but I love the fact that they you've got Vicky Fail photographing, but the flashing from her photography coincides with the the actual yeah choreography yeah. i love mm-hmm. that idea and that's cool I, I have a feeling and i i may be you know putting words here but i wouldn't be surprised if shows like the animated television series you know when batman punches or yeah. in or in mm-hmm. batman beyond in particular because i always remember they always mm-hmm. whenever someone got punched there was always a flash a white like flash even, yeah. yeah like a white flash i wouldn't be surprised if they were inspired by that to be honest with you because mm-hmm. it, it works so well and 
And then, of course, you get that wonderful um, Indiana Jones moment, I always call it. Where <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just a kick in the face that will just <laughs> completely take this guy out entirely. Um, but, yeah, I just uh, it's really cool to see what mm-hmm. we could have got. But at the same time, I think we can kind of all guess that it would have been <laughs> quite possibly the most underwhelming fight yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can totally see why they decided to replace it, because as you said... Bob's no match for Batman yeah. at this point. so Which is kind of why it works yeah. when he just throws it to one side. He's just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes him the smartest thug in the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. That's, That's why, why he's the he's only the one whose one... name we know. And the number one guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why no one will know your name. <laughs> he, says, he says that to other goons. <laughs> you, you didn't run away from the bat. I got an action figure. You don't get an action figure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys aren't smart enough to have action figures. <laughs> <laughs> that's true this actor bob the goon who was he do you know him tracy walter he's actually yeah. uh, friends with jack nicholson in real life which is probably oh. what helped him get the role oh okay was he he was in other movies i take it yeah, yeah. he's in silence of the lambs as oh, sure. um, one of the guys who helps the investigation where they find the um like the, the cocoon i think in in the victim's throat at one point so he's in there looking very different because he's got like slick back hair glasses yeah. he's wearing like a suit you can't really tell it's him unless, like, it's one of those things where you're just like, that guy kind of looks familiar. And then you look at the credits in IMDb and you're like, oh, shit, that was Bob. Oh, I had no idea. He's also in Matilda. He's one of the was people he that really? are trying to. Yeah, he's one of the people that are trying to. Uh, <laughs> is he? He's part of the FBI. He's with Paul Rubens. He's like his partner. Fuck, there's, he is. There's a speedboat yeah. salesman <laughs> outside of Danny DeVito's house that are trying to, you know, catch him in the act. That's, he is, yeah, bloody hell. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a hell connection, because you've got Bob, Tucker Cobblepot, and Oswald Cobblepot. Oh, yeah, Yeah. that's right. You know, I never saw Sons of the Lambs until the pandemic in 2020. I was like, I'm going to remedy this. Yeah. What'd you think? Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) I, it is. Every, yeah. This has uh, influenced everything. That's what I know. That's yeah, what yeah. I realized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, you can also tell yeah. a clear difference between that and like later, like Hannibal or Red Dragon, where they try mm. to like recreate it with Anthony Hopkins. And you're just like, he's still good in the role. It's just not the same. You know, it's, like, yeah. it's a whole combination of like Jodie Foster's Clarice and, you know, Jonathan Demme's, Demme's um, directing on that. Right. That right, really right. makes that special. I think it's also really astonishing still that I think, and I may be wrong, but it might be the the, the least amount of time of an actor on screen to win Best yeah. Actor. Oh, so I think, interesting. I think he was only in the film for a total, if you add up all his time, 20 hmm. minutes, and he wins Best Actor. If that, yeah. Which is astonishing when you really think yeah. about that. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah. it should really only have been a supporting role Oscar, but... Mm-hmm. I think they probably just thought, well, we can't really insult Sir <laughs> Anthony Hopkins here, you know. We, we can't yeah. give. But then they did the same to Judy Dench. They gave her the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for um, uh, Shakespeare in Love, and she's in the mm-hmm. film seven minutes. Yeah. Oh my god. Which is yeah. crazy. <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. But it, it just shows how much <sighs> presence Hopkins had in the. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And stuff. Yeah. I was getting into movies when Shakespeare in Love came out, like, you know, when you're, I was like a young teenager, I was Mm. like, you know, just like really finding that film is my thing, and I'm watching Oscars, and I watch Shakespeare in Love, and I was like, I was a kid, and I was like, man, this movie sucks, it shouldn't win any fucking awards. (laughs) That's my memory of Shakespeare in Love. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I was like 13 or something. Yeah. So. <laughs> This movie fucking sucks. I mean, look, let's be honest. I mean, I know this is not what this is about. We should be talking about Batman here. Uh, no, but, we'll get back on track very soon. Shakespearean um, love but, podcast. But literally, yeah. But let's be honest. Sha- uh, I was going to say Shaving Ryan's Privates. Saving, pri- <laughs> saving Private Ryan. My God, not the porn version. Not the porn version. Saving Private Ryan over Shakespearean love. I mean, what? Come on. Like... Shakespeare in Love should not have won that year. I mean, that's true. That's true. Exactly. Unbelievable yes. that that film won over uh, Saving Private Ryan. Is you know what were they thinking? What on yeah. earth were they thinking mm-hmm. that year? Agreed. Well, yeah. I mean, as as Andrew said, I, I'm sure you weren't the only 13 year old kid at that point who were just like, this shouldn't win any Oscars. They should go to this ultra violent <laughs> war movie. Dude, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan was fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, that's the only thing that matters. Go <laughs> <laughs> the most badass movie. All right, so oh, uh, we're about to go into. We talked about the "You Want to Get Nuts" scene with Vicky Vale's apartment. <laughs> the Vicky Vale apartment sequence is one of the most is one out of two of the most rewritten scenes out of the movie. So we had very we had many different versions of this before we got to the the actual scene that we remember with uh, "You Want to Get Nuts." So uh, what was the original version? Well. In the original version by Sam Hamm, uh, Bruce is at Vicky's apartment, and then Joker's package, uh, the package with the, like the flowers and stuff, that arrives before Joker shows up. And so Bruce, in order to investigate it, actually has his utility belt on him. And we actually have some concept art for what's in the utility belt. So this is an ultrasound scanner, that uh, concept art for that, that we found thanks to uh, 1989batman.com. You'll see their watermark on a lot of these. They have a whole bunch of those images. Please visit them and give them some clicks. Um, <clears throat> but uh, this is the scanner, and I was just like, where did the scanner come in? I thought maybe this was the back computer stuff, but I went through the script, and I found that a, a scanner is actually shown in the script where Batman uh, or Bruce, in Batman mode, uh, reveals he's got his utility belt. Vicky's like, don't tell me you carried it around with you. And Bruce says, I feel naked without it. <laughs> so he's always got his utility belt on. Um, and it says, quote, he takes out a tiny ultrasound scanner, rather like a stethoscope, with a miniature sonar display where the earpieces should be, and runs it over the package. So I believe this is the concept art for that scanner in the sequence. Uh, at the same time, it says that he takes a small gas mask from his belt, puts it on, then slits the wrapping with a steak knife. Now... Uh, this is curious because over at 1989batman.com, they had images of a certain device that they weren't really sure where it came from. And my theory is that it's the gas mask from the sequence. Because oh. it looks like mm-hmm. a gas mask. And there's not really mm. any other point where in the script that I could find where Batman would wear the gas mask. Sure, there's like the gas coming out of the balloons in the parade, but Batman's safe in the bat. You know, He's in the bat wing at that point. He doesn't really mm-hmm. need to wear it in that. So I'm thinking maybe this was created for that sequence until they're like you know what let's rewrite it entirely (laughs) and Mm. uh, not need to use it but that is what we're looking at it's sort of this it's a huge gas mask but it's black and it's got this red circle in the middle of it um, much bigger than the gas mask that Joker gives to uh, Vicky in the Mm. Flugelheim Museum but that's kind of what we got right now so so the uh, prop company made it they this is a physical thing yeah 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 Mm -hmm. okay it got that far that's Mm -hmm. interesting yeah, so I didn't find anything of the scanner, but this is uh, some 
random gas mask looking thing that's been around. And uh, I think it was probably this. It's the only thing that I could find on it. Um, so basically, Bruce Wayne figures out that uh, the Joker is going to arrive. And this leads into a chase scene, an extra action sequence that is not in the movie. Originally, this, the scene was going to be Bruce changing into Batman and stealing a horse from a cop in order mm -hmm. to go after the Joker. <laughs> and so to throw Batman off, Joker decides to drive into a circus. Yep, we're about to go into that. This is the infamous sequence of Robin's origin uh, mm -hmm. that we got over mm -hmm. here. Uh, we're looking right now at the Graysons about to perform, and the Graysons are wearing early versions of the Robin costume. And that is an idea that we find, you know, very standard right now, but actually was pretty new at the time, was the idea that Robin's suit is the Graysons, uh, you know, the acrobatic suit that they wore in the circus. Uh, that was not incorporated into the comics until after the script was written. So I kind of credit Sam Hamm a little bit for that, and it was also an early version of that was in the Steve Englehart treatment that we talked about earlier, where in his version it was just like the red vest that uh, the Graysons wore when they were performing. That sort of carries over into the Robin suit. So uh, that was sort of an early version of it. But anyway, uh, we would, of course, see this in live action in Batman Forever in 1995, but... Until then, this is what the storyboards had. So uh, we've got them going on the trapeze as we've got Batman taking chase on that horse after <laughs> the Joker's van. Uh, Dick Grayson sees what's going on here from high above. And down below, Joker, while driving, steals a firework that causes an explosion. Uh, and this is dark as fuck, but the firework ends up taking out the trapeze and causing the Graysons to fall to their deaths and burn to death. Oh my god. Nice. That is horrendous. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. They're kind of better off in the comics by just being, mm. you know, just falling from a great height. But yeah, they they do that and they burn and Dick Grayson of course is horrified is what he sees and uh, ends up leaping to safety and wanting revenge on the Joker for what he's done. So he ends up leaping from high above and onto the Joker's car right on the top of it. The Joker ends up sh trying to shoot at him from down below in the driver's seat and ends up stopping the van, and Batman comes to the rescue. And so you got Batman, Dick Grayson, and the Joker and his men. And it's here that the Joker asks, don't you recognize your old pal Jack to Batman? <laughs> oh, because man. in the original script, Batman did not know at this point that Jack Napier was the Joker. He did not know that it was the same man who fell into the chemicals. Uh, so this was to set up the idea that he feels guilty for creating the Joker, and he feels responsible for all the deaths that the Joker is responsible for including the death of Robin's parents. So that was kind of the original idea from Sam Hamm. This, of course, gets completely rewritten. There's no Robin in the movie, uh, and they changed it so that Joker killed Bruce's parents, not Robin's parents, because Robin's not in it. But yeah, just that's a precursor, uh, just a disclaimer, I should say. This is not some ridiculous version where Joker killed both Bruce's parents <laughs> and Robin's parents. This is just a previous version where Joker only killed Robin's parents. <laughs> so... Uh, there's a more full-length version of this shown in animated, sort of animated form. They animate the storyboards with the voices of Kevin Conroy as the Michael Keaton Batman and Mark mm -hmm. Hamill as the Jack Nicholson Joker. And we'll be watching and reacting to that, to that as well in the $10 Patreon tier this month. So <laughs> That is very good, by the way. I, I've seen that myself. It's, it's yeah. excellent. It's very, yeah. very cool. It's, it's pretty cool. awesome to see. It, it's, yeah. it's the closest we'll see to getting that version of the Robin origin and brought the, you know, bringing that to life. Yeah. 
I feel like it's a little bit overcooked. That's the, I mean, no pun intended for the burning of the, the, yeah. <laughs> the grazings. Uh, that, that was literally not Raising supposed Rob. to be. Like, uh, <laughs> I am a horrible fucking human being. Like, anyway, um, but no, I just, I feel like with reason, the re- it feels like it's, it's just too much for already bloated film. And I think yeah, yeah, that's yeah. clearly the right, reason right, why right. They, they had to take him out. And I think, you know, rightly mm-hmm. so, to be honest yeah. with you. Sam Hamm. Yeah. Ham and Burton did not want to put Robin into it. They're just like, this movie is crowded enough as it is. You just need mm. you need Batman and Joker and all the stuff you need to introduce with it. You don't need Robin in this. The studio insisted on it. And then it seems like Sam Hamm cranked out this idea in like an afternoon. We're just like, all right, well, what if this happens? And we sort of just introduce the Robin origin, but we don't make him full on Robin really mm. that much. Burton was like, it's Robin or Prince. It's one of the other. <laughs> we gotta go. The studio was like, Robin's go gotta Prince. go, I guess. We need <laughs> yeah. fucking Prince in there, goddammit. <laughs> I like the idea of Batman on a horse. That's very Dark Knight Returns, yeah, which I yeah, assume yeah. was probably the influence of that. Yeah, I, I think that was <clears throat> that was very much from the Dark Knight Returns, and they mm. wanted that in some way because they then put that in the later scripts where Bruce Wayne takes Vicky on a date to the horses, and so when Sean Young was cast as Vicky Vale, she's like, "I got to prepare for this horse sequence," and then she ended up breaking her arm and losing the part. So. That's kind of the, the the origin of all this. It all sort of stems back from wanting to have the Dark Knight Returns and this image of Batman on the horse. And then that sort of leads into a Bruce Wayne, Vicky Vale scene that leads into Sean Young losing the part because she breaks her arm. And then Kim Basinger gets the role and they're just like, you know what? Let's just not put anybody on a horse in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. that's the end of the entire thing. Um, I, I wonder if like they want a ho- Batman on a horse because... It would look good with a cape, <laughs> like a cape, Probably. cape yeah. on a horse. Just looks. They want that visual, maybe. I don't know. It just also seems the, like they're really know, going out of their way. The very reminiscent nice, of. You know? uh, I was going to say reminiscent of Zorro because Zorro, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Batman yeah. had comparisons. I mean, I think Bob Kane even mentioned that Zorro was an influence, and obviously Zorro was on a horse a lot mm-hmm. of the time. So yeah, yeah I see yeah. that comparison mm-hmm. in that. We yeah. made this, Rob. We made this uh, video once. Uh, saying that Batman's from the shadow. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then the only response we got from fans was, "He's not about the shadow. He's from. Z- he was influenced by Zorro and right. Zorro only." <laughs> it's like, did you listen well, to the episode? That yeah. Ben's case pretty strong. Yeah, pretty strong. They did not it's listen also, to it. Also, did yeah. you notice? Did you know that you can have more than one influence on a thing? <laughs> That's true. No. Yeah. You know. Sorry to take a shit on some fans out there. Yeah, no, I, I don't mean, think they were just are right. fans, just people commenting. Yeah, yeah they didn't. They they're not fans, so they didn't listen to the episode. Yeah, yeah. no, but yeah, you are right so. though that the shadow is again another influence to 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 Batman as well as is obviously the Da Vinci, the flying machine. As yeah, well. yeah. So, oh, right, that's true. Yeah. The wings, yeah, the scallops. Like, yeah, for for the shadow, I'm just like when you literally have a radio episode where a villain makes people laugh themselves to death and die with a <laughs> smile on their yeah. faces. I'm like, that's a pretty strong influence. <laughs> I don't think there's a Zorro character that does that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, no the comments were just Zorro. so one sided for that one, man. Like yeah. we didn't we didn't hear anything else. Uh, I'll have a follow up at some point where <laughs> that basically does a tally of just like, okay, here are the Zorro influences. Here are all the shadow influences. You tell me. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll work on that at some point. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so obviously this Robin sequence did not make it into the movie. And they revised it to have a very different sequence where it's just like, okay, well, let's have some sort of action sequence in this. Let's just cut out Robin. 
And so in later drafts, Bruce Wayne does uh, end up basically doing some variation of what we see in the movie where he helps protect, tries to help protect Vicky. Joker shoots him, but uh, the bullet goes into something else in the script. It's like his utility belt that he's like has up against his chest. And so uh, Joker kidnaps Vicky Vale and Bruce Wayne goes up to the rooftop, as we see here in these storyboards, and uh, uses his utility belt to sort of take chase and eventually catch up to Alfred, who will give him the bat suit. The Joker himself is out to crash a celebration uh, because during this movie, there's the whole, like, you know, this is the 200th anniversary festival. The festival is on, says the mayor. He wants to make sure that even though there's all this terror that, you know, all his all his plans are still going. So uh, part of that was unveiling a new statue of the founder of Gotham City, John T. Gotham. But as he unveils <laughs> the statue, he finds that it's not the statue of the founder of Gotham. It's actually the Joker. And we have an image of the statue that was built, as we can see here. So uh, this version, as shown in Planet Hollywood, uh, is a little different from what's in the script. So the statue, just to describe it for our listeners, is kind of just the Jack Nicholson Joker holding out his fedora and his other arm out. And in the script, though, it is described as, quote, a garish polychrome statue of the Joker wielding two Uzi machine guns like they were six shooters. <laughs> Expressionism on acid, end quote. <laughs> so... That's a pretty cool description, but uh, we have. I'm not sure when this was painted because this is inside of a Planet Hollywood, as you can tell. Yeah. So we got we got a rack of T-shirts right next to them. We've got a neon sign uh, that says "Restaurant and Bar" behind them. So clearly, that's not the setting that was meant to be in the movie. <laughs> this is a pre-painted Joker statue. It's more likely what it was supposed to look like in the movie that we see on the set. Again, when those guys snuck in on the Pinewood set, they got a picture of this. This so, is insane. They got away yeah. with so much. But there's no, no Uzis, his, though. They, they didn't, they yeah, didn't still the no Uzi Uzis. Thing. Yeah, I think it was always... They decided, yeah, it's easier if it's just him with his hat. Is that a crack on the it's, side of his arm? I think it's where they haven't put it together yet. It's like they uh, took the two okay. molds and pressed it. Yes, and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think the face looks better on this one than the painted one. But when I was yeah. reading about it, I did see like this guy take a picture of it in front of uh, Planet Hollywood, and it's huge. It's like mm. I feel like two or three times the size of a normal person. Yeah, as it should mm. be because it's supposed to be. Yeah, you know, I like it being this big statue. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the Planet Hollywood picture kind of doesn't really give it justice in terms of the size of it. You know, it kind of just looks like eh, okay, it's probably just about like life size standing on yeah. something, but. Uh, you don't really get the scale of it until looking here at the uh, behind the scenes picture of it. So, uh, which makes sense. We do get to see a statue, I believe of the founder of Gotham in the movie. Cause he's like, it's right in front of the theater and it's in the mm -hmm. beginning of the movie. So it seems like this would be about the same size of that. Um, now, Zach, you showed me that they have a miniature version of this that was given out as a gift to the crew. And so we're looking yep. at that right now. Um, <laughs> it is pretty much, it's pretty much the same, uh, mm. I would say, on it. But it's, it's not colored in. It's just all sort of gold bronze-ish on here. But, uh, man, they really... I'm looking at the eyebrows right now on the statue. I'm like, they really uh, accentuated those, those. Or maybe it's just, just the uh, the effect it has in uh, <laughs> yeah. this. But, uh, yeah. Um, it... Is not really something that I missed in the movie. You know, I don't think that's <laughs> I don't think we yeah. really needed a Joker statue or this or the sequence necessarily. It is cool that it leads into an action sequence, but I mean it's you can't really do much with like an in-between action sequence because you can't really defeat the Joker. You can't really bring him to jail yet. It's not the end of the movie. 
you know, you can't kill Batman either. So it's just, it just sort of just ends on a draw where he just rescues Vicky mm. again. But I guess it could have just led to another confrontation between Batman and Joker because they don't really have a scene face to face until the end. Yeah, yeah until the yeah. cathedral sequence. So it could have added that bit. So I'm a it little bit cool. It would have been cool if the statue that dragged the Joker down the side of the building was his instead of the gargoyle. I don't know how he would have gotten it up there, but that would have been kind of funny that it was like his own his own his image. Upstairs. Yeah, it, just, it would have been just as the same as when the ninja comes in, just because, just yeah. because. Yeah. Like, a statue up here now. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. What's this doing up here? Um, do you know what that statue reminds me of? And just this whole sequence as a whole, this idea, mm -hmm. it reminds me of an episode from the 66 television series where the oh, Joker, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. um, he, he does like this comedian's museum. There's yeah. an episode yep. where he <clears throat> does oh, this. Yeah. I know what you're talking yeah, about. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's one of the it's first like ones, yeah. Laurel and Hardy and shit in there, like some exactly. old, old yeah. comedians, mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I feel yeah. like it's almost a little subtle nod to that, um, to that idea that, you know, he just wants an inflamed, even more of an inflamed ego. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and yeah. also, if it was a cathedral, if they replaced, if it was obvious he was in place of Mary or something, the mm. statue of Mary, that'd be kind of <laughs> cool. With Burton lighting or whatever the DP's oh, name was. Yeah. It'd be kind of, it'd be kind of fun. Oh, well. Mm. Alternate version. <clears throat> alternate version. We got a lot to do. We got to do storyboards. So if you want to get nuts. We got to do an alternate sequence where this is in the cathedral. And we have to build the cathedral life-size <laughs> just to put Joker... And then you've got Jim Gordon, seventy-plus-year-old Jim Gordon, trying to push the statue. Like, they try to do it. Let's go. Like, Gordon, what are you doing? It's a bell. What is you doing? It's a statue. I should do a push-up this morning. I can do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, this is the first half, oh, and we'll be man. diving into the original version of the big Batwing sequence at the parade, as well as an alternate version of the confrontation with Joker at the Gotham Cathedral after the break. It's time to tap in with the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. The stunning HyperX Quadcast S features dynamic, customizable RGB lighting, a convenient tap-to-mute sensor, and four selectable polar patterns, so it can broadcast crystal clear audio, whether you're gaming, streaming, podcasting, or impressing your remote colleagues and classmates. So what are you waiting for? Join the Quad Squad and tap in today with the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. In. What can I get you? Sure, I've heard of Hair of the Dogcast. They're that podcast about video games and beer. From the latest gaming headlines to diving deep into the games of yesterday to sampling and reviewing craft beer from all over the world, Hair of the Dogcast is here for the gamer and beer lover in all of us. Available weekly on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Take a time machine back to before the world went to hell around the year 2000. The 80s and 90s were so rad. The movies, the music, the TV, the games? That's what I want to talk about. If you're cool enough, join us and listen to Less Than 2000, because that's all we talk about. Adam and Chad live Less Than 2000. Lord have mercy, y'all. Do you like hounds? Do you enjoy pooches? Do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? Talking about dogs, y'all. As you might have heard... Superhero Stuff You Should Know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches. Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. 
Your doggo will thank you. Welcome back, and we are ready to dive into the original versions of the final act. So, let's take a look. Getting right to it, we have the iconic suit-up sequence, the one that influenced all the suit-up sequences to come. Every single time <laughs> you see Batman suit up with the different like close-up shots of him you know, donning the gloves and the belt and all that type of stuff, it is somewhat influenced by this. So, uh, in this version, we actually see a clock strike uh, close to midnight before cutting to Bruce suiting up and donning the gloves here. Next is him donning the cape, and then the insignia takes up the frame, which is kind of <laughs> sort of what carried over into the movie. But yeah, it's slightly different storyboards here, I believe, by David Russell. Uh, now we have a couple storyboards of criminals firing at the Batmobile, uh, presumably when it storms access chemicals, and then ban uh, Batman standing next to the car. So pretty much the standard stuff. But let's take a look at some of the stuff that isn't what we saw in the movie. We have, thanks to 1989Batman.com, an entire storyboard sequence of the Joker on Parade that was the original version of that. Uh, presumably not with the Prince music, but <laughs> it would have started with Gotham being looted uh, by people influenced by the Joker. So we open here with these store mannequins, the lights go out in the mm -hmm. store, and then the window gets broken in and a bunch of people start raiding the place, inspired by the Joker's chaos. Uh, the Joker's men start setting up these searchlights for the looters as the parade starts. And the Joker shows up, and he's in a very different outfit as they're all giving out money. He is in a crown and a big fur coat. So very <laughs> different uh, from that. As the, it looks like the thugs are loading all the cash into, you know, this machine that'll just spit it all out for <laughs> everybody. Uh, Vicky Vale is revealed to be taking pictures here for her job. And we see the mannequins from earlier that have been stripped of their clothes at this point by all the looters. Uh, while she's taking pictures, she nearly gets assaulted by a guy there, but she holds her own and ends up uh, running into Alexander Knox, who picks her up in his car. In the car, Knox does the callback to the line, quote, a girl could get hurt this way. So that would have had a payoff uh, mm. in this run. And in the meantime, we got the Batwing on the way over to Gotham City. And as the Batwing is going over, it gets spotted by Dick Grayson as we got over here in the storyboard. Oh, so Dick man. Grayson is just walking around, <laughs> and he sees this. Uh, <clears throat> so this does not seem to be in the original draft by Sam Hamm. Uh, it was probably added later when they were sort of more about, like, okay, if we were, you know, let's keep trying to add more Robin into this. But it says that the Batwing um, is in the sky, and Dick sees it, and he, quote, comes to a decision and hurries off the way he came, presumably to don his Robin suit and join in the big fight at the end. But so back. this is supposed to be the same Robin from the st earlier storyboard mm -hmm. or is yeah, this like, yeah. okay. I thought yeah. it was just like some random <laughs> kid, like all of a sudden, Hey, here's Robin. He, yeah. he sees Batman. Yeah. <laughs> there's your fucking Robin. Says Burton. <laughs> there. Yeah. Two seconds shot of a clip. It's like young Matt Damon or something. <laughs> so he's holding a Prince guitar for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Peters back, is like, I love it. <laughs> back to the parade. The Joker's men keep passing out dollar bills. Uh, one citizen tries to get on the float, and the thug end up ends up shooting him to get off. So that was a lot <laughs> darker. It's not in the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Bloody> <laughs> hell. <laughs> uh, Vicky and Knox head towards the searchlights that the Joker's men have put out, and Vicky pulls out her camera and gets a shot of a parade float. At one point, a parade float crashes, which is interesting. Uh, and Vicky and Knox head towards the, you know, they keep heading towards it, and Vicky notices the gas pumps that are underneath the floats just before they set off the gas. So that's similar to the movie. Mm -hmm. 
the, the thugs set up their gas masks in place as the looters, quote, die rich by laughing. Dark as hell, but yes, that's mm-hmm. what happens in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, except without the laughter. So it would have been the whole crowd at that point laughing themselves to death on the ground as the parade goes by, which would make it, yeah, definitely would have made it darker. Uh, Knox and Vicky get back in the car for safety. They drive away, and uh, Vicky looks around and sees the Joker's procession is approaching further and further, uh, and or I should say closer. And as Vicky <laughs> looks up, she looks in the sky, sees the Batwing, and says, look, it's Bruce, as the Batwing shows up. Now, for those who are wondering, wait, why did she just say, look, it's Bruce in front of Knox? <laughs> this is drawing off the Sam Hamm script in which Knox, Knox actually figures out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Mm. So he's already in the know in this version of the movie. Anyway, Vicky tells Knox here that they have to find some way to tell Batman about the balloon so we can get them away. And as they're trying to plan that out, they end up crashing their car into a fire hydrant and have to rush out uh, on foot. Uh, More shots of the balloons here coming up. Uh, But yeah, here we go. Uh, Some of them we saw (laughs) last (laughs) time. We've got got this giant elephant one that was not in the movie, but we've got this other... This clown with a like party hat and the big nose keeps propping up, you know, popping up in the different concept art. So, uh, I think they just were very keen on having that version in it. Another shot of the balloons, uh, but we've got this one that's colored in uh, a colored storyboard here, where Knox and Vicky are at the crash, the crashed car. It looks like they're getting shot at, or were getting shot at. They're taking cover behind the car here. Uh, notice here that Vicky actually has the traditional red head, uh, red hair, mm. just like mm. um, in the comic. Not blonde like Kim Basinger, or brunette like Sean Young. Um, <clears throat> this is not shown in the storyboards, but in the Sam Ham script, Knox is the sort of the hero here who decides that he's going to try to alert Batman to the danger of the balloons by hijacking one of the Joker's searchlights and putting a bat insignia on it, effectively creating the first bat signal. So Knox's purpose in the original draft was to create the bat signal. Hmm. And, and this could be why there's this concept <laughs> art that I have here from David Russell with the bat wing and the bat signal shining in the sky, which obviously would not have happened in the movie because the bat signal does not exist until the very end after the bat wing's been pretty much fucked up. But here, they're both together in this. It could, I mean, this is likely just concept art of just general image, but I thought I would mm-hmm. include it here just to honor the idea that at one point, uh, Batman from the bat wing does see the bat signal and realizes that's his cue to take out the balloons. So mm. I thought that was cool here. That's a very big stretch. <laughs> if you really think yeah. about it, do you know that's in terms kind of, of say, him figuring it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I think that's probably. I mean, you're probably going to go into why they probably cut it out, but I think mm-hmm. that's probably a. You know, because even me thinking about that now, I'm like, that's a big stretch for Bruce to really think. All right, oh, hang on a minute. That means I've got to swoop in and take. <laughs> that's a real. Yeah, it's a real. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a stunning piece of concept and. It's a clever idea, but I think even still that's so flawed because you'd have to assume that Bruce would know that anyway. Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I hear you. It's like it's much simpler if it's a scenario where, you know, Knox just creates it in order to get Batman there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just in general, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but, and I think it works better knowing like well, when I say knowing, we know now because we've seen the film obviously, but mm-hmm. Batman yeah. looks down and sees the gas well he sees the yeah, gas he figures it out yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i do love the idea of Knox. uh oh yeah me too contributing more to it yeah, it's just me too doesn't quite fit in as well as i think it could have mm. in this but it might cool have gotten it. his own action figure if he just <laughs> yeah. something a little more <laughs> yeah so uh i'm sure 
I, I'm sure Robert Wool knew about that going in, and I'm sure he was somewhat disappointed that his character didn't really get that, like, that big moment. In, <laughs> but, oh well. Yeah. Uh, he does get shots. to karate chop a door, though. Uh, that's true. You know, the, yeah, the karate chops the... The hood of the, the car trunk. And it opens. Yeah, the trunk. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> I, there, do you know what I was going to say? Because we had this discussion at Comic Con. The boot, the boot oh, of the yeah. car. The oh, boot yeah, of the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. He was going to karate chop the boot of the car. But then we had this whole discussion of trunk, boot, rubbish, garbage. Yeah. Well, we do have UK listeners. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. There you That's go. Some True. of them would have understood. Yeah. You know, there are some. I remember, like older people in the South. Some of them did say boot, Rob. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. Okay. But I mean, it's lo- mostly trunk in America. But right. But yeah, there were some accents in the South, and spe- maybe old, maybe it's something that kind of died off in America. But yeah, people. Some people did say boot. I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Oh. Took it from the Brits. <laughs> something. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that easy, by the way, to karate chop the door, the 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 boot. Sorry, of the car to open it. Right. That's <laughs> just a myth. That this movie's crazy. Back then, these, yes. this was a timeless <laughs> yeah. period in Gotham City. We don't know what type of car that was. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they did it back then. Either that or Knox has some secret training that we don't yeah. know about. Dude, the side <laughs> Knox side quest. Let's Knox get on begins. it. Yes. Knox begins. <laughs> he goes to the uh, temple and Bruce Wayne's already there. Like, what? <laughs> You're going to learn how lens. to karate chop a trunk open. That's Knox, funny. get out of here. I don't like you, man. <laughs> But I'm going to give you a grant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what he used the grant for. He used it for karate training. Come on. Yeah, you went to fucking Nepal or wherever the fuck that is. <laughs> he went to Japan. I bought it to Japan. Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got, the, yeah. Yeah, he got his own I want that thing. armor as well. <laughs> can be just Badass. Like Why do you need Robin when you got me? It's the number one question he gets asked all the time at conventions. No, I didn't go to Japan for karate chopping. For fuck's sake. <laughs> They just said, open the boot, and I just did it, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah. now we got the Batwing sequence. So, the Batwing dives down here, as it says, and then we got a shot of Batman in the Batwing saying, Batman, cool and efficient, looks down and forward. So, this is what I was saying as well about there not being much of a likeness, because this mm-hmm. is a very weird shot of Batman here. It looks like he's got horns that sprout out from the top of from like the front of his head he's got no like neck. A daredevil mass <laughs> the cow mm. is just hanging out with all this extra space in there does not fit well at all in this version but it's just yeah. a storyboard it's more like 1930s cool. batman isn't it batman <laughs> cool and efficient yeah that's what cool and efficient looks like yeah you guys don't know it, yeah it looks like he's got like a tin can on his head sort of shaped into a <laughs> somebody cosplay yeah. this yeah, Darth yeah, Vader, yeah. uh bottom to the mask oh dude obscure cosplay man yeah that would somebody's be awesome actually <laughs> somebody's walking around with just this specifically in black and white and everyone's like who the fuck are you i'm like i'm fucking batman I'm batman motherfucker if you do do a obscure cosplay i think you do have to carry around the picture of where it comes from <laughs> yeah you know just to explain it but yeah. yeah it's it's cool though i mean that would be kind of cool yeah I do okay. feel like it's quite a misleading uh, direction here. Batman, cool and efficient. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, this is yeah, not cool. This is far from cool and efficient. You need to go back <laughs> to the drawing board with this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This this one's this one's not not great at all. <laughs> I also feel like it takes more effort to draw this. Not to shit on Mike White, but mm. it takes more effort to draw this than it does to draw just a traditional Batman mask. You yeah. know, just yeah, the yeah, traditional yeah. Batman. <laughs> so I'm like, Why I don't know he... what the thinking was here. Yeah, why would he do this? I mean, it's just like, what would Batman's cowl look like in a in the bat plane? <laughs> Maybe. Like, why, why change it so much? Hmm. 
I don't know. For the yeah. for the aural listener, it's like a very loose cowl around the cheeks and the it looks more like horns on the front than yeah. ears on the side. It's like bug man. It just looks What's like it? yeah, it's just just really, really off. The cowl doesn't even look like it in. connects. Yeah, like they yeah. had to have colored in the space in the cowl between his chin and the rest of the mask. I'm just like, why did you put that much effort in it as opposed to just drawing it flush mm. to his skin? I don't know. But this is what yeah. we got. There's going to be a lot of others mm. like this, unfortunately. Oh, God. So, <laughs> Oh, man. Let's okay. Take, let's take a look. So, yeah, it says the Batwing makes an entrance from behind the cathedral tower and turns down the street levels uh, and then makes a pass above the parade floats. Uh, he then gets the sort of cable catcher, you know, the cutter, as it's called, those scissor-type things that are in front of the Batwing to catch the balloons. That uh, You know, he's been preparing for this occasion for a long time in order to be <laughs> If I ever have to take out evil balloons, <laughs> I'll be ready. Okay, perfect. So he heads towards the cathedral. Um, he takes them, and then he heads towards the cathedral to get rid of them. It says he misses the cathedral by inches as he, uh, you know, pilots his way around it and drags the balloons out of the way and then ends up cutting them free so that they can all go out into space and, you know, pollute the rest of the world. He then... <laughs> it's Metropolis' problem now. <laughs> you take care of these, Clark. <laughs> so, you know, Those two guys that broke into the set were like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> we saw these. Yes, so he then loops back here, presumably after flying up against the moon in that awesome shot, mm. because, you know, he's he's trying to get some momentum, but also he's just like, this will look fucking cool to whoever can see this. This will look <laughs> badass to <laughs> satellite imagery, guys. Yeah. Here's a POV shot as Batman heads back towards the street and ends up pulling up the sights on the Batwing weapon system. Uh, the very accurate Batwing weapon systems that mm. does not hit Joker at all uh, <laughs> in the movie. But uh, here's the storyboards of the machine guns coming out of the Batwing, and then the Batwing firing here with Batman, again, wearing the bug helmet. <laughs> <laughs> the previous ones called it a bat board instead of a storyboard. That's awesome. That's true, yeah. yeah. Do you think that this was a direct influence of, like, say the first star wars the a new hope you know the 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 trench run the whole you know bringing the target system up and all that stuff do you reckon maybe that, yeah that was an influence? it could have been it probably is yeah yeah because i i kind of when i was looking through the storyboards there like even the way it's framed even the the, the really awful cow one i mean um <laughs> it kind it of looks like, like the frame yeah. yeah it looks like luke exactly yeah, it does. um <clears throat> and also we do funny enough obviously have um porkins in the film uh, in this that's film. true yeah yeah so that's um, right yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Card, yeah. um as Eckhart, we got yeah, Porkins yeah. and we got Big Starfighter. Mm. Yeah, yeah, as uh, as Harold, as the guy who gets mugged in the beginning. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and of course right. Lando, but yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so and, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna that's look true. at early versions of how Joker shoots down the Batwing. So they played Goodness. around with different versions of the Joker's gun. We've got him decked out in his big fur coat here, so we still got. It looks that. like somebody's grandma in this I picture. Know. This is <laughs> Joker. Here's some butterscotch for you, Batman. So he's, <laughs> it says he, quote, produces his answer from the folds of his robes. That's very suggestive. And fires. Um, it looks like he's firing directly up. Like he's right under the bat wing in this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the barrel is pointing like directly up. That's kind of funny, man. Forward. So we've got this one. We've got another one that makes more sense uh, where it's, it's sort of the precursor to the long barrel, except it looks like an old school like musket type. It looks um, like a, a yeah. blunderbuss or something. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, <laughs> we've got another one where it's a rocket launcher and the rocket says Skyburst on it. I don't know why. Oh, man. But... It'd be cool if it said Acme. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's all Warner Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would have fit the cartoon nature of it. And then we got one with yeah. just a regular gun, which like doesn't make any sense in terms of Boring. I like that it's like a little pea shooter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a would be, I guess, kind of funny. He's just like, boop, and then yeah. just explodes or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> that could be what they were playing with here. But we ended up getting the comically long gun that we have in these storyboards by David Russell that are pretty true to what we got. He, you know, he sees the Batwing, he reaches in, he whips it out, he says, withdraws a very long gun in the storyboards, <laughs> very being under, underlined. Uh, and then it says the Bat plane descends towards him, uh, downshot on the Joker, past the barrel, he fires. And uh, then we have a shot of him sort of looking. It says he laughs maniacally as the Bat plane. You know, swoops down over him about to crash, and uh, we get more. Here's more. Batman in the Batwing. He's bughorn. Fucking ears. It's like gosh. a kid in a Batman costume right now. <laughs> That's so cool and efficient, are we? Looks like he's about no. to say, gee whiz. Gee whiz. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gee whiz. Just <laughs> targeting me. systems. Uh, and then here's an exterior of the Batwing as it crashes down into the street. So it was supposed to bounce and then bounce a second time until finally it crash lands on the steps of the cathedral or on the street, as we have here. So we have coming up a fascinating story bar board that Dan showed to me. It looks like the Joker catches up to the Batman in the Batwing, with Batman still in it because he is, quote, racked with pain and that he, quote, cannot free himself because the cape is caught in the Batwing. Oh, shit. And so Joker brings the barrel up to Batman, and I don't know where it would have gone from there, because by all intents and purposes, Batman should be dead at this point. Yeah. Maybe that's the alternate mm-hmm. ending. He just it's shoots like him the, and then just da 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 and done. It's like <laughs> the Dark Knight. It's the Dark Knight, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <clears throat> Comes up to, to a wounded bat. Yeah. We need 70-year-old Gordon to come out and be like, we no. got you, you son of a bitch. This is when um, <laughs> Knox comes to save the day. <laughs> yeah. It was Karate Chop. <laughs> yeah, Karate Chop. Yeah, karate Chop's the gun. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this leads into an interesting discussion here because Sam Hamm, at one point in different drafts, wanted to address the cape's lack of practicality and had a whole bunch of ideas in terms of showing that. So uh, showing that dramatically it would fuck up Batman. So we got this uh, from a version of the movie. And then we got this other thing from an interview where uh, he basically (laughs) talked about a whole bunch. He kind of went on this rant. So Sam Hamm says, quote, Batman also wears a cape, which is stupid. A guy who goes (laughs) swinging around on ropes and getting into fights does not want to wear a cape. So I wanted a scene where the fact that he wears a cape screws him up horribly. I wrote this extraordinarily Baroque scene. So this is a completely alternate version of the finale that takes place in a subway that I, I have not found in any of the drafts. There's no storyboards of this, but I thought we might as well talk about it here. So it says, it was a scene where Batman in the movie's finale pursues the Joker down into a subway. All the power has been cut and Batman just about gets him pinned because the Joker runs into a stalled subway train. Suddenly the power comes back on. The Joker is close enough that he's able to climb onto the front of the train. But where Batman has been pursuing the Joker, now the Joker is hanging on the prow of the subway train and bearing down on Batman, who has no place to go. Batman ends up ducking into this little alcove and backing up against the wall, but his cape billows out and snags on the side of the subway car. Whoops. So he's yanked out and is dragged for this quarter of a mile ride where he's banging into the walls and is totally beat up. His leg is broken. He's staggering by the time it stops. We cut that. Uh, 
rightfully so, because honestly, it just sounds like Sam Hamm wrote this because he's just like, I want a scene where Batman gets the shit kinked out of him because his cape gets Yeah, mm. his cape makes him cool. We don't want to make it seem like a no, uh, negative in the film. Well, yeah. and also, he's a bat. Yeah. He's a bat. Yeah, no. So, yeah. you know, he has to have the wings. So, yeah. I, I mean, uh, look. <clears throat> I know someone's going to say, but what about Batman Beyond? Yeah, that's different. Um, yeah, so I'm just defending different. myself. Still has one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I just... It, do you know what that makes me think of? It makes me think of Nokeps from uh, The Incredibles right yeah. there. It's the, yeah. same, the same yeah. attitude right there, which I think is... You know, I, I get there's the believability of things and this, that, and the other, but, mm. you know, then we could break down the entire suit like we did last uh, last time where you just said, well, he's in a full rubber suit so of course he's not going to be able to get out of the thing quick enough you know that not it's not because he's yeah. got the cape or anything but mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm glad they cut this because i think yeah. you would have had a riot put it this way yeah like he's already fucked up for the batwing so yeah like, you don't exactly. need him to get fucked up again because yeah. of his cape you know it, it doesn't really it doesn't really add anything to it other than just seeing batman get beat up again which is we got we got plenty of it in the movie and, and mm. being able to see him fight against that and push through that is really really awesome in the movie but it didn't mm-hmm. require a whole subway sequence and like look at how much money this would have been too to be like yeah. got this whole subway sequence he's dragged by the train we need this train we need a subway set like it's like no you don't need any of this shit yeah agreed to you that. don't need a whole scene to show how <laughs> stupid you think a very important part of the mythology is if anything yeah. he's the he's the main superhero where the cape makes sense because yeah, everyone else doesn't I mean, really yeah. need the cape it's just, it's just like, it's like his, uh, his jaw being exposed. It's just, you just mm-hmm. gotta accept some things, man. You know, well, more than his jaw being exposed, if we follow these storyboards with that bug helmet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's <laughs> just killing the code, man. This, yeah. is, this is part fantasy here. Yeah, yeah. So glad we cut that. <clears throat> but let's go further into the cathedral sequence. So the Joker runs into the cathedral, like in the final film, and we're gonna go into very different versions of the final confrontation. So just to recap, in the original scripts it was basically just batman versus joker in the cathedral there was no vicky vale vicky vale was not part of the big finale it was just the two of them there weren't even the joker thugs either it was literally just mono mono as joker says in the movie <laughs> so uh and then they revised it they kept revising it there's different versions of the cathedral fight and the storyboards here show like some of it seems like it draws off the original sam ham draft and some of it is stuff that i've just never seen before that are not in any of the scripts I found. So we'll try to go and a deep dive into that right now. So Joker heads into the cathedral to escape from the cops and get to his helicopter at the top, and an injured Batman goes in to pursue him. We've got that classic shot that definitely was in the movie where the yep. door is open and he's the silhouette of the bat comes in with a cape because, come on, that's fucking awesome. Burton was like, no, this is going in there. Yeah, I, exactly. I see the storyboard. <laughs> yeah. this, this, is my, yeah. this is my style right yeah. here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and so Joker, when he knows that Batman is coming after him, he rips off a rotten handrail because it's an old-ass cathedral, and he plunges it into the stairs so that he could sabotage part of the stairs to prevent Batman from coming after him. Mm. So... This causes Batman behind him to, to fall through. <laughs> Again, with this cowl, dude. <laughs> and uh, we got a shot of his feet dangling from up above because it was one of the higher steps that's mm-hmm. where that was done. Uh, the script says, quote, Batman finds himself dangling vicariously in midair, hanging by one hand to an upper step. It would be so much easier to let go. Uh, part of that is because Sam Hamm's script plays around with the idea of 
Batman facing off against Joker and seeing that as a suicide mission in the in the ham script uh, mm. to the point where he even debates whether or not to to die up there when he's got a bomb, which we'll talk about later. But anyway, uh, here it's it's him hanging by the stairs, and obviously he's able to get himself out of that so that he can confront the Joker. Now, the next part kind of threw me because it's not at all in any of the scripts, and it is a variation of what Rob was talking about where uh, Commissioner Gordon in this version does not try to lift a huge bell bell. in order to get up. (laughs) So we have an alternate sequence of the cathedral where the police arrive and Vicki Vale is down there, and a Commissioner Gordon with no mustache in the storyboard says, quote, the Batman is in there as well. Surround the cathedral, call up the SWAT team. We'll bring them both in. Vicky Vale is here to hear this. Again, this line is not in any version of the script, so I'm just like, this is interesting that they played around with this. Hmm. It's kind of just like, let's give Gordon and Vicky something to do. Hmm. So uh, we have a shot here of Vicky. It looks like she's trying to walk past Commissioner Gordon and the other people to try to get into the cathedral. Uh, and then we have the SWAT team that actually make it to the stairs of the cathedral. They did not even make it there in the final film. Hmm. So they're trying to run up, run up the cathedral, and around this time is, I think, when Joker uses the acid flower to take out the bell. So that's why the next slide is a SWAT team running the other direction down the stairs <laughs> as the bell comes down. <laughs> like, whoops. Oh, shit, 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 shit. Yes. And it says the bell sound gets closer and closer. And then we have a storyboard of Vicky talking to Gordon outside and then hearing the bell as it's crashing down. <laughs> and then another storyboard of, of Vicky blocked. I think she's trying to run in and she gets blocked by the SWAT team who are basically just like, yeah, there's no way up there anymore because the bell has landed and the whole stairwell has been completely decimated. So that's an interesting look at an alternative version of where Vicky and Gordon could have been that does not involve Gordon trying to, you know, use his 70-year-old strength to lift a huge bell. And you know, so there we you go. You know what I was thinking, Ben, is this would have been a good time for Batman to use his grapple gun. I was thinking that You too. know, mm. Joker and Vicky are going up the stairs at a pace of normal people walking up the stairs. Yeah. Batman could have, like... <laughs> shot that grappling up there and been past him in two seconds i think it also was also like how long is that line because <laughs> that's a pretty tall cathedral that's he would true have i gone feel like, like he's shooting across the way buildings up. with it and stuff the what i feel like he's shooting across buildings but maybe he's not in batman 89 he could do it in a couple steps too, like yeah. shoot up like five floors yeah and then yeah that's true you know, get off and then shoot up five floors again also you probably watched Ghostbusters a couple of days before and thought, well, they did it. I can do yeah. this. <laughs> I guess so. I'm in better shape than them. They can go yeah. up some stairs and kind of yeah. get there and not throw up along the way. Exactly. Yeah. I could, you know, he probably thought he could lose a bit of weight while he's going up there. Like, <laughs> yeah, why not? Get my exercise in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. See some stacked books randomly on one of the floors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we've got Joker's feet standing over a trap door as he waits for Batman. And the next is Joker looking over from the top, wondering where Batman is. As it says here, he glances casually down at the trap door, wondering what all the noise is about. He draws his gun, moves cautiously to the trap door, and lifts it a few inches, just enough to see the unconscious form on the stairs. So uh, we then go into the fact that, yeah, it says in the... (laughs) says Joker hears the slam and moves carefully back towards the hatch, and this is where he finds... The unconscious Batman. It says Batman crashes unconscious into frame, and this storyboard just looks like Batman's taking a nap over here. <laughs> Joker leans in to give him a kiss. Yes, <laughs> some makeup gets on his mouth. <laughs> this follows the original Sam Ham draft, where Joker found Batman unconscious and unmasks him, finding that he's Bruce Wayne. 
Um, <laughs> this, is, this is baby bat. Batman wow. takes a shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is a storyboard that I guess is a storyboard of when I'm taking a Michael screenshot Keaton. of this dude. This is this is amazing. <laughs> so Michael Keaton's Batman makes it to the top, and we see him just looking around before the the thugs attack him. So that's what it looks like a storyboard of, but. Man, this does not look flattering. This should couch. be our thumbnail, dude, for this episode. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, we're going to get That's this. That's how much weight he lost going up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. With this. Like they, they deliberately made it look like a baby in a blanket. <laughs> it is it's true. Baggy. It's true. Yeah. This, yeah. this is the, the, the artist gave up, dude, on this one. <laughs> this is like they, they, he started at the beginning of the movie at this, at this point, and he was just like, ah. Loose well, drapes. not that small compared to the suit. Come on, dude. Yeah. It's not flattering. He's 5'9", not 4'3". <laughs> I get it. Keaton is short. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it looks like we got more art of the cathedral confrontation. Or maybe this is Axis Chemical. I'm not really sure. But this it's Batman facing off against someone over a great height over here. Uh, it's cool, next- cool. Pretty cool. Next is Batman hanging upside down and being aware of the bats in the cathedral, which becomes a key point in the original finale, not in the movie. He hears the sound of the Joker's helicopter on its way, and this is likely, you know, later, in the later draft, Joker and Batman have a fight in the cathedral. Batman gets knocked down, but uh, hears the bats overhead. It says his POV up into Belfry, where there are thousands of bats stirring. <laughs> Next is the storyboard of Joker awaiting the helicopter, waving it down. Next to the gargoyles here. And so during this confrontation, it says here, Bat- I don't know why Batman is stomach down on the floor in the storyboard. Again, the storyboard is here. But it says he, quote, he cautiously reaches back for his belt and activates the sonar device on his belt. A back shrill up. whine. Yes. So this is backup before there was backup. This is from a version of the script that was from mm-hmm. 1986, which is predates year one by a year. So <clears throat> this is storyboard of the bats coming out from the cathedral, swarming around the helicopter, and why the finale was originally set in the cathedral, so that Batman could use the bats in the belfry as a weapon. Makes sense. So That's so awesome. Also that should have been in there. Yeah, this predates year mm-hmm. one as well, since mm. it was written a year beforehand. Sam Hamm was asked, like, was this inspired by year one? And he's like, yeah, I didn't even get to read year one. It didn't exist when I wrote the script. I just figured a superhero named Batman would use bats. And I called myself a genius. Out of that. <laughs> <laughs> just the, me paraphrasing what he said, but he was kind of like tongue-in-cheek talking about how he's like, oh, this is a great idea. Look, I fucking hate capes, but I love bats, <laughs> all right? So... <laughs> yes. Yes. So, here is the original way Joker was taken out, with him getting swarmed by bats. So it says, Joker standing mm-hmm. on handrail, foreground, Batman enters background with his cloud of bats. Batman, close to unconsciousness, again lurches out onto the balcony. Uh, Joker foreground reaching for the ladder. Batman, unseen behind him, goes down on his knees. Because I guess he's still fucked up from what happened before. Uh, And then we got... This is one of my favorite shots that uh, Dan got for us. Uh, He did some, uh, you know, cropping and stuff. But this is the Joker getting swarmed by the bats at the top of the cathedral. Pretty awesome. Uh, So I'll read Mm -hmm. the script... Uh, on this and uh, Zach if you're able to read that last line by the Joker here you can read that (laughs) so it says uh, at the top of the bell tower suddenly the air is full of bats diving and flapping all over the place the noise from Batman's belt climbs in pitch as it does so the bats fly faster they swarm around above Joker in an ever thickening black cloud the swarm of bats sweeps out and engulfs him he screams tries to beat them off 
<laughs> Suddenly, Batman steps through the cloud. He grabs Joker, pulling him off the ladder. Batman lifts him bodily up off the ground by the front of his coat. He pushes him back against a gargoyle. Joker struggles, and the gargoyle crumbles, and Joker slips backward. Joker knows he's a dead man, and he smiles. He grabs for Batman's cowl and grips it as he falls. And he says, I saved the last dance for you. <laughs> and then both of them, both of them tumble down into the endless darkness. And that's the end of both. Batman dies. Batman oh, dies in this fucking story. No, he, oh, okay. he had me for a second there. <laughs> no, it, it, it basically in the rest of the script is both of them falling down and Joker cackling on his way, but Batman uses the bat line in order to catch him. Kind of similar to what we got with Batman and Vicky in the movie where they're mm. both falling and he uses the line to save both of them. But since Joker's not Vicky Vale and Batman's not sleeping with Joker, he's like, yeah, you can fall to your death and die. <laughs> so that's what ends up happening in uh, the what's said to be the shooting script, even though obviously that's not what we got in the movie, but that's one of the so final drafts. You yeah. want to get nuts and the, the cathedral scene are the most rewritten scenes mm -hmm. in the whole movie. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. yeah exactly. exactly. Okay. So, uh, the other storyboard here says that the Joker falls and exits, uh, and, uh, yeah, bats <clears throat> pour from every aperture. Batman stumbles to the edge and looks down. Uh, there's another version here that says the same, similar thing. Joker falls and exits, but uh, Batman, it says, gains enough consciousness to register the timer. He reaches out and grabs it, throws it. So what is this timer? Well, in another draft, Batman threatened Joker with a bomb before Joker got swarmed by bats. And after Joker died and fell off the top of the cathedral, he debated whether or not to just stay up there with the bomb and let himself die. But instead, he throws it at the Joker's helicopter and kills them. In the, in the same <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So either I commit suicide and just just die and just you know give up the cause, or I kill those fuckers in the in the fucking helicopter as because kill the yeah, yeah, just kill them. <laughs> wow. So wow. yeah, I, I think I'm like him. I like the general idea of like of him wrestling with, you know, his mortality and stuff. Mm. But I think the execution could have used a lot different uh, different execution for this, which is why we got a rewritten version of it. Mm. But, yeah, uh, there's a time bomb in the Sam Ham script. And I didn't think much of it until 1989Batman.com showed more props. One of those was the gas mask, and the, and the other was a time bomb. Oh, nice. Hey. So That's cool. Very much possible, but this was built for the movie, and thought and they thought, oh, let's use this, and then they're just like, yeah, let's not do that. Let's do something different. Mm. So mm -hmm. this may have been intended for the original finale. I'm not really sure, uh, but we do know that Vicky Vale was part of the finale in the movie. So here are storyboards of what actually happened in the cathedral. So you've got mm. them falling, uh, Batman reaching for his utility belt. Uh, as they fall, he shoots out, uh, basically, quote, fires his bat thing. As it says, bat the thing. <laughs> bat thing. Oh, fire my bat thing. And then uh, <laughs> the hook finds the gargoyle that I guess the gargoyle could not hold the Joker, but it can hold Batman and Vicky in uh, the storyboard because it looks like the same, pretty much the mm. same gargoyle that uh, took out the Joker on this so technical sum was a hefty guy <laughs> he was heavier than both batman in his suit yes and Vicky, apparently so uh here's an overall just crude storyboard sequence of it you can tell it's it's joker getting swarmed by the bats here as well as vicky on the ground but uh, we could have gotten another scene after this where batman's body would have fallen mm -hmm. and ah. the police would have thrown 
you know, been like, let's go find him. Turn him over. Now we'll see who this guy is. And they, they throw off the cape and they find it's Alexander Knox. <laughs> That's hilarious. So he did dude. do the training after all. And so, oh, Vicky, man. Yeah. Vicky in this version is down below. And so she takes a picture and Knox is like, uh, can I still make the late edition? As he jokes. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Everyone that knows. Knox guy. <laughs> everyone knows he's not really <laughs> Batman uh, in that. So, uh, this scene was actually shot as we're looking at photos here of oh, Robert Wool on the ground and Pat Hingle's Gordon standing over him. So, uh, this was actually shot. Uh, funny enough, I think Robert Wool was asked about this scene, and he has no memory of ever shooting this. What? It's interesting. He was hung yeah. over as hell, probably. <laughs> it must have been, because I remember listening to a podcast. <laughs> like, so, like, what about that alternate ending where, like, people thought you were Batman? He's just like, what the hell are you talking about? So, like, <laughs> like that's dude, why he's got... lying on the floor there. He's clearly, <laughs> yeah. he's been on a night out. He's just, <laughs> Let's uh... just get this done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, dude. so he totally forgot, huh? I don't know how you do that, but whatever. I I don't know, but anyway, uh, Robert Wool does not have any memory of this, but this is thanks to 1989Batman.com with the photos uh, on this. Uh, lastly, as Harvey Dent is talking about the bat signal, Vicky Vale would have run into a bunch of kids dressed as Batman, who apologize and say they were playing Batman. Clearly, they got the bat suits from the Batman store that was cut exactly returns. Yes. Um. This is interesting because Vicky's wearing a different outfit than she did in the final scene here. She's wearing like a white hat and a long white coat. She's not wearing that in, I mean, she's not wearing that at all in the in the uh, mm-hmm. different versions of the movie. Uh, so I'm not really sure. Um, or maybe they shot this and there's a whole other alternate version of the final scene and then they reshot it later or something like that. But this is the only sort of surviving image uh, of that. So I, I love the back of the card that says brains plus beauty equals Vicky. Equals, <laughs> I love yes, that. That's, Great. <laughs> <Brilliant. yeah. laughs> it's card number 222, everybody. Tops trading cards. So yeah, it says sometime after the demise of the Joker, Vicky Vio runs into two young kids dressed up in homemade Batman costumes. Clearly <laughs> Gotham City has a new hero. Um, that's cool. Also makes me think that some time has passed between Joker's death and when the bat signal shows up for Vicky to change and for Batman to be enough of a hero for there to be a Batman store selling these bat suits for young kids. Yeah. So, yeah. and also that yeah. they've got faux leather enough yeah, faux leather sure. to make these costumes. Cause that's <laughs> quite a, that's quite an interesting fabric choice um, that they've got there for yes. the costumes. Yes. Very, uh, you know, inf- influence the CW on <laughs> costume stuff. So. <laughs> so this was, this was shot, huh? Yeah. It looks like it. Yeah. It looks like they tried for it. And, uh, yeah, the kids who weren't able to get the Robin part ended up getting compensated by doing these little <laughs> mini Batman stuff, I guess. So <laughs> this is uh, the only existing stuff that we have of this until you know somebody leaks out more footage or something. Oh, man, so, if there was more uh, leaks, sure. it'd be crazy. I yes, guess the reason why is. they cut this is because obviously there wouldn't have been photographic proof of there being a Batman because he took the photos. Right. And then oh, that's the, true, true, yeah. And then the other being that the whole Knox scene of him unconscious and the the suit being on top of him gone yeah. as well so there would be no That's proof of, if there was a batman so yeah makes well, sense they should have thought of that before they shot it they're just like oh yeah, yeah. this doesn't make any sense yeah whoops so yeah that's why this was cut i'm guessing yeah uh and then to end things we got the storyboard of batman looking at the bat signal but he's not at the regular building i mean he's at the top of the cathedral and i don't feel mm. like he's at the cathedral 
in the final movie. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just at a he's on a different building. So, uh that's kind of cool as the mm-hmm. final shot. There's, there's also a possibility. No, I, it's not. I was also thinking that in the movie, he technically is supposed to be at the top of the cathedral in the very beginning where um the family gets mugged and it said that it would cut to the cathedral and they look at the gargoyles and it says one of the gargoyles moves in terms of like how oh, they introduce Batman. That's that's cool. That's Ooh, cool. Would that be is a cool, cool way to plant it. So uh, <clears throat> in the movie, it's very different where we kind of get that animated shot of of Batman walking away from it. It's not as honestly not as cool as what's described in the script, but uh, that's another possibility of where we could have seen the cathedral and the, and Batman with the gargoyles in the movie. But yeah, these are the deleted scenes and storyboards from it. So. Let's go around like before and go into like any sort of favorites among these things that you liked, even if it's stuff that I think we can agree most of the stuff is probably good that it wasn't in the final thing. But let's start with Rob. Uh, loved the Batwing stuff. That for me mm. was really striking to see. Um, and even the whole, I know we are making fun of it a lot, but the, the whole, <laughs> the cowl thing. <laughs> like, I, I, you can appreciate the work that's got in, but at the same time, I mean, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just again, it's it's really cool to see where their their head was at in terms of you know um, how they because it is very close to what we got at the end, um, mm-hmm. and the idea of the bat signal being created by Knox is an interesting concept, and but it is a big stretch for them to think, oh, Batman will put two and two together. So he can then swoop swoop down and collect mm-hmm. the balloons and mm-hmm. you know fly out. It's almost like that scene in um, um the Wallace and Gromit film, the the um the uh, a close shave when he notices um, you know Sean is flicking all the lights and he puts two and two together. You go oh, yeah. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. So then he swoops into the yeah. yeah. It's it's a big stretch like that. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I mean, you you guys are going to talk about it in your. Patreon section, but that whole Robin sequence thing is very interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Over to Andrew. I know that you learned a lot because uh, you know, <laughs> as you said, you, the audience, you didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know a lot about these deleted scenes and stuff. So, what did you think? Man, I love the bat swarm at the end. I wish yeah. that they had that. I kind of feel like, out of all the things that they really should have done that was probably one of them they mm-hmm. you know i could have had them cut all the rest out and it'd be fine but mm-hmm. if i mean batman using bats with sonar it's so cool yeah. i know they finally got to it and begins but mm-hmm. it <clears throat> i mean maybe it makes it to where you know it makes it to where batman seems like he's killing the joker and then maybe he uses the line to catch the joker but then the joker just fucking i don't know what they would do at that point but he has to die at some point or, or look like he dies or something. But mm-hmm. anyway, use the bats in some way, use the bats. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that, I think that was my favorite part. And then, uh, of course that funny cowl, <laughs> <laughs> that was, I don't know what, cow. I don't know what was going on there, man. That's like the guy just didn't give a fuck. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. Cause like clearly there was effort to make it look like that. Cause mm, you could have yeah. just easily just done the traditional cowl stuff and it would have been a lot easier. Yeah. 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 Uh, Zach, were there images or storyboards you hadn't seen? Hey, most of the storyboards I don't think I had seen. I did like seeing that little prop of the uh, gas mask that mm-hmm. he would have used in Vicky's apartment and the little time bomb thing. I don't think 
I had seen those before. Mm-hmm. But my favorite is also like Andrew's favorite. I, I like the original ending of the uh, uh, cathedral fight with Batman and Joker. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember reading Sam Hamm's uh, original script where it talks about like Joker's perspective of the holo- the helicopter blowing up while he's on the ground because yeah. it was like mm-hmm. saying something about like a, a fireworks show just for me or something like that. It was <laughs> it was yeah. really creepy and, and kind of like dark. And I remember reading that when I was in high school and think like, man, this would have been really cool too. So uh, yeah. I'm glad they got to use the Swimmer Bats thing with the Penguin and Batman Returns. You could tell they even wanted to do that in the script with like the scene in the cave. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like very fitting uh, and just very atmospheric and gothic for that scene in the bell tower so mm-hmm. yeah i really i enjoyed that i think that i agree with andrew there that's one of the scenes that were cut that could have gone back in and i really actually wish that halloween uh like the little girl saying is it halloween i kind of wish that was in the movie at some point because it would have been nice to see keaton like yeah, it would have been nice to. We'll, we'll see the scene uh, in our Patreon, but I, I've seen it before too. I think it would have just been cool to see Keaton's Batman save a kid directly. Yeah, I don't true. think you mm. see that in either of the movies, and it would have, especially in this one, it would have added just a little bit more of a heroic note because, as much as I love the opening, it's like, damn, Batman had to wait till after the people were mugged to go and beat up yeah. the bad guys. Like he couldn't oh, right, save right, right. the people like in the in the process. Like that would have been really cool. But yeah, but I, I think die? I, I kind of wish no. that was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting Just because that. <laughs> it's interesting seeing that because I mean you're absolutely right. Because I've always questioned that. Why didn't he swoop in quick enough to to stop that any of them getting well the dad getting hurt in particular because i've always Mm. questioned that but then but then when you really think about it the whole scene at the beginning is a big kind of misdirection for the audience to be like oh my god we see the origin are we gonna see the origin of bruce Wayne?" and that's why i always think it's quite clever even to this day that they didn't explore the i mean they do obviously later on in the film Mm. we do see the origin of bruce wayne becoming batman or you know his parents getting shot, shall I say? Um, but I do like that misdirection at the beginning, where you're that they're not the Waynes at all. They're they're just because mm-hmm. as that's the purpose of Batman in the first place is that it happens to anybody. So that's mm-hmm. why I do like that that whole um, misdirection um, scene taking place. But I'm not going to deny and and in because um, I do like what we get in the the final film but i do think the the ideas of the bats is really interesting yeah um but it's very clear that jack nicholson had a very uh, a lot of creative input for the f- for the film as a whole because mm. i think there is that infamous story of um him and john peters um they went to see phantom of the opera and yeah. that's why they changed the ending to be what it is because they wanted that th- operatic um <laughs> ending which mm-hmm. I, I I love it personally. I think it's bizarre but it's also it's it's fantastical. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think it does add more stakes to have Vicky there. Yes. On that where it's mm. it's like, okay, it's not just you and me over Gotham. Like there's somebody here who mm. whose life is in danger. So I think that was an appropriate thing to take from the Phantom of the Opera. I think that's basically the main thing they took from it was, you know, the the final confrontation in the Phantom of the Opera is uh, the main three leads mm-hmm. <clears throat> with Christine in the middle. So 
to kind of have that same dynamic for the finale, I think just ends up working. Uh, and again, like the bat stuff is really awesome, and I think it it fits the cathedral more than what we got in Batman Returns. Yeah. Uh, but I think one of the reasons why is a tidbit that Dan found for us uh, from Anton First, where they said that they really did not want to show Batman directly killing the Joker. Mm. See, I was I was thinking about that, and fucking yeah. in the Ninja, Ninja Turtles one. Fucking Shredder's holding on by a by his by one hand or whatever, and something that I can't remember what exactly happens, but something that the Shredder does is what ultimately causes him to fall down and kill himself. Mm-hmm. So if they could basically yeah. copy that from a yeah. future movie, because that would have been future at that point. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, something along yeah. those lines, so yeah. he doesn't directly kill mm-hmm. him. Well, here, here's the thing. You would think, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. They don't want Batman to kill. I'm like, well, that's not really the reason, actually, yeah. that they didn't want Joker. Oh, okay. Even though, like, creatively, okay. us in 2022 are just like, well, yeah, obviously, that that's why. Mm. No, it's because they felt the audience would turn against Batman for killing a star like Jack Nicholson. Oh, my mm. God. But that's that's what ridiculous. That's, that's, that's what Peter's such, thought. Such a producer hat type of thing, you know? Where <laughs> Peter just yeah. couldn't see it, dude. He just could not imagine that. We can't have Batman. <laughs> His hair was in the, the way. Show. It was just... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that tidbit was fascinating and kind of unfortunate. But that's also kind of why Batman has a less direct role in it, where it seems more that Joker's killed by the gargoyle, not necessarily yeah. by Batman. Unless you want to say that Batman strategically knew that Joker, that, you know, the cathedral gargoyle would not hold his weight, and so he bolloed him into it, and then he knew the weight would cause Joker to fall from the left. Like, it's, it's kind of more That's bad god shit. Yeah. That's too yeah. much. Because he does... Pu- too much. Yeah, because he punches him off the cl- cliff after that great gag of, you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses on, <laughs> yeah, would you? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, he does, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Jack, I think the intention is, is that he punches him, hoping he just falls to the floor, but obviously... Jack Joker falls off mm-hmm. to kind of get the upper hand to then pull them off and lend them a hand, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it could be read in so many different ways. Did he kill him or did he not? Basically, what was the intention yeah. of grappling his ankle to the other gargoyle? And yeah, right. I think it was just to stop him. And yeah, it's like, well, if he, as Ivan Drago says, if he dies, he dies. You know? like if, <laughs> if that's if that's what happens, that's what happens, you know, because, again, obviously Keaton's Batman doesn't, you know, have the no-kill rule, necessarily, in, no. in this version, so... Because uh, otherwise, that's... the guy would have not fallen to his death when he hurricanranaed him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it would be the best. chemicals with all those people. Yeah. <laughs> Batman's argument. Oh, it was the bell that technically killed him, because when he <laughs> landed no on the bell, the bell <laughs> did the work by breaking his back, therefore, he killed him, not me. Yeah. Therefore, ergo. <laughs> yeah. The, the bomb killed the folks in Access Chemicals. I didn't kill them. <laughs> I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Oh, come on. Oh, Christian man. Bale. No. <laughs> come on, Nolan. You're better than this. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Anyway, those are the deleted scenes, and that is superhero stuff you should know. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, big thanks to our research assistant, Dan, for gathering a lot of the visuals of the YouTube experience, a lot of the storyboards I didn't know about, especially from the prop auctions and all the different uh, places that were auctioning off these storyboards and helping me put that together. So big thanks to Dan, and also big thanks to 1989batman.com, where you can see pretty much a bunch of these things that we saw 
uh, the ones with watermark on them. They're the ones who hosted this. They're the ones that are keeping the, um, you know, the 89 uh, sort of tidbits and memorabilia alive on that. So make sure to visit them. And uh, anyway, onwards to, ah, our post-credit sequence. <laughs> this is more concept art from of Bob Ringwood's Joker, completely purple, as we can see. Yeah, it's like, cool. All it's purple a good one. from head to toe. Love uh, it. Mm-hmm. Interesting bending cane right here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is Bob, Bob Ringwood's like fashionista style that, you know, mm-hmm. Zach was talking about. So uh, I found this on one of the trading cards I had when <laughs> I was just looking through. I'm like, oh, this should have been yeah. in the previous one. So we're adding that. And then Dan found us some merchandise concept art. Now, Ooh. it's not as crazy as the unused posters because these are all sort of images we saw in some way. But it is kind of cool to sort of take a look and browse through these. We got the three Jokers before the Jeff Johns did. The three That's Jokers, pretty cool. That's right? pretty cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, we've got uh, Joker on a Joker playing card. Uh in the outfit that he's wearing in, you know, the scene where he, he electrocutes that guy to death. <laughs> um, for, based on the coloring, it's a little tough to tell whether it's supposed to be flesh-toned like in the movie or the, tradi- the traditional Joker white. But uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, other images of Keaton's Batman on here. Uh, I think, you know, Keaton's Batman was allowed, of course, to be on different merchandise, just not on the poster since mm-hmm. last time we talked about how, like, Mm-hmm. They couldn't do like artistic interpretations of his face for some reason. Yeah, so, it's so weird, man. Yeah. Uh, here's the Batwing with, as you can see in the front, it looks like the uh, the incisor type things are out and ready to capture the parade stuff. Uh, we've got Batman with the Batmobile again, like all different variations of the same stuff on there. But I thought it would be cool to add since we are we do talk about concept art stuff. So Yeah, this uh this looks like it came from I'm trying to think of the exact wording, but they it's like they made the little folders to give out EPK. to kind of show mm. EPK. What does that stand mm. for? Electronic, Electronic press kit. Yeah, yeah it's a press yeah. kit. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking about. Yeah. Uh yeah, cuz yeah. there's ones for Batman Returns, uh Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. I've seen mm. different pictures of them, but yeah, they're like press kits. Uh, so I always think this is really cool to look at. Yeah. More Joker over here. But, yeah. <clears throat> nice this is cool. It's a surprise for all of you guys. Now, on to Joker's Fireside Chat. And it's that time again, kids, for another Joker's Fireside Chats. Little Aiden Estuista. <laughs> he writes uh, to our video talking about the unmade... Spider-Man costumes. Dear Uncle Joker, great video. I would love a deep dive of James Cameron's Spider-Man. From a few things I read, it would have been really weird. They planned for an R rating and the story focused on a Peter becoming Spider-Man and a man. Peter's learning his spider powers would parallel his sexual awakening, which concluded in a sex scene with (laughs) Mary Jane on top of Skyscraper. That sounds steamy. Yes. Sounds like we need to cover that. It sounds Uh, like the Hobgoblin is uh, doing these uh, readings this time around. uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for Spider-Man, it certainly is. Yes, yes. Uh, Yeah, we definitely have to tackle that one. That'll be coming up soon. I'll be coming up soon. That's uh, there's always that uh, you know people people 
pretty much speculate that Stan Lee put put in you know the themes of puberty right into Spider Man yeah. mm-hmm. sh- shooting webs and shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> gonna say that, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's 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 there and uh, I think yeah that's kind of interesting. And also what's his name? Stan Lee's wife said that in an interview that um, she did feel that. Um, Peter Parker was the most like Stan Lee, mm. a young Stan mm. Lee. Interesting. And that, those are her words. So that, that mm-hmm. was always so interesting. He, Stan Lee put himself the most in Peter Parker, I guess. Yes. And she knew because she also had the sexual awakening with him on top of a skyscraper. Uh, I, I guess so, yeah. Jim Cameron draft. So, yeah, that's what that's drawn <laughs> from, clearly. Wow. Yes. <laughs> anyway, on to oh, the next man. one. <laughs> Little Rosemary Farrell. Farrell, Farrell, <laughs> little Rosemary Farrell writes, "Dear Uncle Joker, <laughs> for me, Bob Hoskins from 1980 onwards until he died was perfect for every incarnation of the Penguin." Bob <laughs> Batman returns. Seriously, go look at concept art or certain comic iterations of the character. Bob would have owned it. Really thought Nolan's universe. Would have found a role for him throughout the trilogy, kind of like how he used Scarecrow in all three. Thank you, Rosemary. Thank you, Rosemary. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I love that yeah. idea. I love that casting idea. Yeah. 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 Wow. Hoskins no, would have been great, you know, especially because uh, this specific idea that Rosemary has, where, like, what if he was kind mm. of a gangster in all three movies? I'm just like, mm-hmm. on, on one hand, it's just like, okay, Bob Hoskins in the Nolan trilogy, eh, he seems a little old, but then you're just like, well, what if he replaced Falcone and he's mm. in all three and that type of thing? I'm like, eh, it doesn't really matter that yeah. he's that old. He's supposed to be old. Mm. He's supposed to be an old gangster <laughs> in this, mm-hmm. you know, alternate version of things. So, yeah. anyway, it would have been really awesome. would have been great casting, I think, mm. in, as you said, 1980 onwards. So it could have mm. been the Mankiewicz script. Could have been, you know, Batman 2 by Sam Hamm. Uh, could have been some later incarnations around the even the Nolan version. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And to think he could have been Wolverine as well. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That would have been something. That's not quite as perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I didn't know about that. Yeah, they, yeah, wanted, yeah. they wanted him in a comic book movie for the longest time, huh? Yes. Mm. They wanted fucking um, Glenn Danzig as Wolverine. Do you guys know who that is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd heard about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would have been a little better if he could act, but that's another story. <laughs> that's another story, isn't it's, it? It's a small thing, though. It's a small Yeah, yeah it's small. small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. And the last one. This, this letter comes from little 1995 Batman. That's a weird name for a kid, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> and he wrote this after watching the video about how <laughs> Max Schreck was never Harvey Dent. All right, little 1995 writes, Dear Uncle Joker, awesome. Another bad movie myth busted. Keep up the good work. <laughs> well, you're very welcome, 1995. Yes. <laughs> so... 1995 <laughs> Batman on uh, on his channel as well as the website is kind of the Schumacher equivalent to the 1989 Batman website uh, or so. He definitely has a lot of the different deleted scenes uh, to talk about merchandising type stuff. So thank you for being a subscriber. Thank you for being a fan of our show. Thank and you, yeah. uh, at some point we are going to definitely cover Batman forever and we could, uh, <laughs> I don't know, we could maybe use some help. So yes, putting that out there. 
Hmm. Indeed. Indeed, yes. I believe that's the end of the Joker's fireside chat. And that was Uncle Joker's Fireside Chats! Superhero Stuff You Should Know is a part of the HyperX Podcast Network. HyperX is our sponsor and the maker of the acclaimed Quadcast and Quadcast S microphones. Quadcast USB mics look and sound amazing, and they're packed with features. With four selectable polar patterns, you'll get great sound no matter what you're recording. The included shock mount and pop filter mean you won't have to shell out extra cash for a great setup. Then there's the eye-catching LED indicator and tap-to-mute sensor, so you can tap in and tap out to stop broadcast activity. It's time for you to tap in with the HyperX Quadcast and Quadcast S. <laughs> Indeed, thank Over you. To Andrew. Oh, now we've made it, everybody. All right. So, we want to thank our Patreones. Shasta Leomo, Super Inframan, Douglas P. Dandy, Aaron Willett, Nick Noach, Jeffrey R. Asker's Web, Jeremy H., Alex of the What Mean Podcast, Ian Justice, Jared P., Jeremy H., Rochelle L., Matthew B., Skyler, T.D., Sketchcraft, Braxton W., Renee V., and J.D. Also... Our other supporters, Spark Again, SCCT Productions, Robert Schumann, Kooky Noms, Matt Hare, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, E.N.H., Walter the Wobot, John Wells, Rye Guy, Jackson Putnam, Tway N, Watson, who is stage bad on Instagram, and Logan Wood, who is Shane, Shane Helms 121 on Instagram. All right. And then please join the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. We have the $1 tier, $5 tier, five, and the $10 tier. $1 tier gets you the shout-out. $5 tier gets you the whole other show uh, where that's released every Friday. Cancel anytime. It's more deep dive. It's reviews. It's discussions. It's all. It's everything you want in a $5 tier podcast. And um, the $10 tier, monthly live show, monthly meetup. Get to uh, react to things with us once a month. You get everything from the $1 tier and the $5 tier plus the $10 tier. And uh, we're reacting to deleted scenes from Batman 89, huh? Coming up. Well, bat- deleted scenes in general, not just Batman 89. No but shit. Also uh, Batman mm. Forever. And um, also ones that I haven't seen from <clears throat> a certain animated film called the Lego Batman movie. Oh, shit. Woo. Wow, deleted scenes from anime. Nice. That's just storyboards and shit, probably, right? <laughs> some, yeah, some of them are, it looks like. So <laughs> okay. I haven't seen them all the way because I'm waiting for the actual episode. But yeah, it's going to be a whole compilation of of different ah. scenes over the years. So fresh react from you, Ben. That's Even that's rare. Me. Yeah. Yeah. That's rare. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh super <laughs> we made it again. Superhero stuff pod merch. <laughs> we got we got at the Redbubble store at superhousepod.redbubble.com and we got the superhero stuff pod.threadless.com. One of those does have jocula. One of them does not. <laughs> I've been forgetting for a year. Um, anyway, <laughs> get your Ben Man Indeed Wizard Box shirts and shower which curtains. which one has them. I forget. <laughs> anyway, um, artwork by Steph and Santa Cruz. And it's been trickling in. We got the audio pe- uh, coming in, guys. Thank you for that. Can be cool voice actor work, or it can be just, uh, you know, saying hey to us in an audio form, or a... Uh, a bold statement, if you want, um, you know, love to hear it all. So anyway, um, send it to send an audio clip to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives on YouTube. Uh, Thunderwolfdrew.com is my portfolio site. Amonorecon.com. That's A-M-A-N-O-R-E-C-O-N.com. 
This is a little thing I've been working on. This this uh, poster right here is from Zacatavius. And uh, what this is is a uh, original idea I'm working on with some friends. It is uh, going to be an Indiegogo campaign. And uh, the whole idea is it's going to be a show. And uh, it's basically making R-rated Power Rangers, but combine it with Conspiracy Theories, X-Files, and, uh, and some comedy, too, as well. Got to have some comedy in there. But it's a horror comedy. Let's not forget that. <laughs> so there's a lot of blood. That's where the R-rated thing comes in. Uh, and that's coming at some point, Ben. <laughs> uh, shout out to Comic Capital on Instagram for your support, as well as the Everything Entertainment Club on Clubhouse, where Rob and I first met. Uh, you can follow our social media on Twitter. We are Super House Pod. On Instagram, we are Superhero Stuff Pod. TikTok, Superhero Stuff Pod. Vero, Superhero Stuff Pod. My website is benwanrider.com, where you can read my Gotham script called Gotham Vampire, where young Bruce faces off against the Mad Monk, an original Golden Age villain from way back in 1939, as well as my spec script for Elementary called The Death of Sherlock Holmes, a modern update on the classic story The Adventure of the Dying Detective by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, my YouTube channel is in the description below, where you can also check out my project of Doctor Who, The Ronin of Time, where the Eighth Doctor meets Miyamoto Musashi. Uh, and you can also follow my Instagram at BenWanWriter, as well as my cat's Instagram, my son, Alfie. Alfie Pennyworth Cat is the Instagram handle as of this recording. It is his gotcha day, so I will be celebrating Aww. him. Oh, wow. Giving him all the treats that he wants. Is that the name uh, of it? The gotcha day? Gotcha day. Yeah. 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 I've never even heard of that. I got him, yeah. So, well, goddamn. And if you also celebrate Gotcha Day or you just have a cat in general, you can get the Whisker Box, the only cat box for the crazy cat lady and gent. But if you're a crazy dog person instead, that's okay too, because you can get the Bark Box, y'all. Give your dog exactly what they want. A box full of goodies, bones, toys, <laughs> treats, all sorts of stuff. You can get that using our promo link where you can get the first month off valued uh, at $35. You can get the first month off free. And you can find you got all WWE that. up there too. Yeah, you got WWE. I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. You can you can enroll your dog in wrestling. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> For free, guys. Just remember that. For I mean, free, a free yes. month, a free month, a fr one free month to enroll your dog yeah. into wrestling. <laughs> yeah, why not, man? Especially <laughs> that little pug. Yeah, yeah. Don't you love your dog? I mean, jeez. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bone, if, if, if any Spider-Man fans with a dog has a, has a dog named Bonesaw, Bonesaw <laughs> will be ready for that type, uh, that's of, right. type of match. <laughs> that would be awesome, uh, actually. You can also check out SuperheroStuffPod.com slash shop, where you can check out all sorts of goodies, the BarkBox link, Whispered Bidets for your hiney, Amazon affiliate links to go, <laughs> get all sorts of stuff, including the Batman uh, Definitive History of the Dark Knight book, a huge book, 80th anniversary. We interviewed one of the co-authors, Andrew Farrago, and uh, we frequently use the concept art in that book for our episodes. So it's like what six hundred pages. Like you get your bang for your buck yeah. on this one, guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you want to uh, support us and get that book, you can get that promo link from superherostuffpod.com/slash/shop, where you can get that from Amazon. That'll kick back a little bit to us and add, you know, a book for your collection where you can browse concept art for yourself. So check that out. And that is it for me. Over to Zach. Well, it's that time of the episode again. We're almost done talking. Most of you have probably checked out by now. But if you haven't, and you might be interested in seeing some of the doodles that I do, 
you can go to ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com and you can also follow me on the various social media websites like Instagrams and TikToks. Just uh, type in Zachary Jackson Brown Art and I'll pop up and you can see all the doodle-doos that I do. <laughs> and then uh, finally, our guest Rob. I have pulled up your poster of Living in Crime Alley next to the unused Batman 89 concept of the poster. That's very sweet of you. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, my name is Rob Ayling. I'm the writer and director of a Batman fan film called Living in Crime Alley, which is on YouTube now. Um, it's done all right in the festival circuit. <laughs> it's um, won a lot of awards. It's, it's okay. done okay. It's done all right. Um, <laughs> He's being modest. Being modest. Being very modest. Um, but yeah, it tells the story of a single father trying to bring up their... Uh, daughter who is a big fan of the Dark Knight in one of the most deprived areas in Gotham uh, known to citizens as Park Row, also known as Crime Alley. And um, yeah, check it out. It's on YouTube. Um, and leave a comment, like, share. Um, that'd be really nice. And let me know your thoughts, of course, if you love it or if you you hate it. Trust me, there are people those who really are vocal. Um, <laughs> those reviews will be <laughs> met. Uh, no, um... You can um, follow me on Instagram at, at Rob Ailing and on Twitter at, at Rob Ailing Film. But you can also check out my other film work and my, uh, my upcoming work on uh, robailing.com. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Rob. Always. And we want you to do us a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about this. Nothing? American yeah. Express card. Don't leave home without it. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. <laughs>